Oh, hey, y'all. You know, I, I get it. I want to bring Americans home that are locked up illegally in foreign countries. But the question of value and trades, I, you know, I'm a sports guy, you know, notorious arms dealer, WNBA player. Yeah, we'll step into that controversy. Why not? Why not? Uh, let's see. Oh, there's some fascinating things happening in Virginia. The governor there is wanting to reimburse anybody that was unjustly given COVID-19 fines for not complying with COVID uh, mandates and prohibitions. I wonder if Jonathan E. Mord knows about that. I bet he does. Uh, also, we've got a new guest. I believe this is a first-time guest, Brent Hamachek. He's written a book uh, about Zev Zelenko, uh, How to Decapitate the Serpent. Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent. Uh, he's got the ZFreedomFoundation.org. Um, there's new autopsy reports r- r- connecting, making official connections between the jabs and the, and the sudden deaths, and so much more to talk about. It's the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour coming up first, though, with Jonathan Eboard on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Gather around, tell your friends, join in, come to robertscottbell.com slash listen. We'll look for you in the chat room and we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. In this prisoner swap, why did Russia get such a better deal? Look, you know, I've talked about this, uh, and I'll say this again. Here were our choices. Our choices was uh, Brittany or no one at all. Bringing home one American or no American at all. And, and that's that. Professional that's, athlete, we gave up a prolific arms dealer who was convicted of trying to kill Americans, who was called the merchant of death. The professional athlete is also an American citizen. How does this deal not send a message to Russia and to other governments? that if they wrongfully detain American citizens, that they will have some of their most dangerous criminals, in this case, the merchant of death, released? Look, I've answered this question multiple times, and I've said this, and you've all reported this, and you have seen this as well. Uh, Russia and other countries have already been willing to wrongfully uh, detain U.S. citizens. But this has encouraged them to continue doing it, to do it even more. Look, I cannot speak for other countries. That's an embarrassment, but she is, as a spokesperson, an embarrassment. Uh, it's just hard, hard to watch. I was surprised by the the, the toughness and directness of the questions uh, by uh, typically a mainstream leftist liberal press, but I guess they they hate Russia so much that they're willing to ask questions like that. Why would you trade th- this uh, uh, arms dealer for a WNBA player? And I got to ask Jonathan Emord as we crank up the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and oh, dude. Oh, you are looking way <laughs> cooler right now. I did not oh, see Robert, that coming. You see, I just can't be outdone by you, my friend. <laughs> I thought I was the cool guy. Now you've outdone me again, Jonathan. I can't keep up. <laughs> I got keep a straight face here. You look awesome. Uh, so yeah, we're wearing some uh, interesting glasses for those of you not watching. This is what you miss when you listen to only the podcast. But we're welcoming you everywhere, anyway. You get the show. So Jonathan, uh, look. I am an American. I don't want Russia or any other country holding Americans in, in a way, you know, illegal, even if uh, we might say that uh, some of the things that were done there were not were not too smart. At the same time, you know, wh- how, how do you comment on that? I mean, I couldn't believe the press was actually asking questions like that. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see that happening, actually. Um, here's the city because they're so often just uh, totally pandering to the Biden administration. But the reality of the situation is this. 
Uh, a retired Marine, Paul Whelan, is over there, has been there for a very long time, is there on espionage charges, which are totally fraudulent and trump, uh, trumped up. And you also had this, M this uh, women's basketball player. And uh, both of the, them are wrongfully detained, and it's terrible. And the United States policy should be to take whatever action is necessary to ensure that American lives are protected. However, what he has done, Biden, by negotiating with Putin over two of them and allowing one to remain and the other to be released and choosing essentially uh, the one, Griner, over the other, is uh, create an environment in which we have to ask ourselves, why are we uh, kowtowing to a dictator and allowing that dictator to set the terms uh, to determine, you know, are the result of this sort of thing. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, sorry about that. Unfortunately, that is the, what, what happened here. Uh, if, if he were strong, he would have certainly not turned over a notorious arms dealer for uh, one of these people. And he certainly would not have uh, allowed them to dictate that only one would be released. Instead, what he would do is raise the ante and say, these things I will do to the detriment of Russia and to you if you do not release these Americans. We need to bargain from a position of strength. And instead, now you have a very legitimate question that has been asked, which is, why then wouldn't Iran and other terrorist states and enemies of the United States take Americans hostage? And, you know, this is not some, in order to get uh, the benefit of a release of their uh, valued enemies of our state, uh, like this Victor fellow, Victor Bout or Boat or whatever his name is. And then in, in, the, in addition, you know, this is not new to us. So the Barbary states during the administrations of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson held Americans hostage in uh, uh, Libya and uh, what was then uh, the area of Libya. And they uh, forced us to pay ransom for the release of them. And George Washington paid the ransom because they, they didn't have a sufficient fleet to deal with it. We could not militarily deal with it at the time. But Thomas Jefferson created the Marines. And when they demanded from Thomas Jefferson additional tribute money to release Americans, he sent the American fleet, what, what really wasn't a fleet, but he sent the merchant Marine over and they went in and they captured the Americans from them and released, you know, brought them back here. And so after that, there were no more hostage takings. So the lesson of this hostage taking business, which we also know from terrorist hostage taking in exchange for money and other things since then, is that when you do this, when you make a bargain that, to, that is to their benefit, you create more of it. So I would fully. You, you, incentivize, you, you incentivize, as you point out, the capturing of Americans, because my gosh, we got uh, a president that's going to give us everything we want uh, in, in terms of, you know, who knows what other horrors are, are out there to, to, to still happen or yet happen. I hope they don't. But you're right to uh, uh, negotiate from a position of weakness, which is apparently what Biden has done here. 
uh, to leave the Marine there and, and take the WNBA player again. I'm grateful that an American is back home, but I find mm-hmm. it to be horrible for uh, the Whelan family to see that their, their person, there's no clear avenue for his release. And the reason why there isn't is that this president, you know, this is a situation where the president himself has to show resolve and a commitment to defend American life in a very strong way. And it's beyond Biden. He, he simply can't do that. Well, and speaking of Biden, there's a story here from Breitbart headline reads, Joe Biden can't find time to inspect the border after vacationing 271 days in two years. Uh, he says there are more important things to do or going on. Uh, there's always something you could say is more important, but it, that southern border and what's coming through it, I, I'd say it ranks up there in the top whatever, very so few. There's something, there's something more important than the lives of 110,000 Americans a year who die from fentanyl overdose because the border is not adequately uh, secured. There's something more important than the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of people uh, coming through the border every month uh, that are illegal, that include drug traffickers, sex traffickers, MS-13 gangs, 18th Street gangs, uh, and terrorists. There's something more important than that to the president of the United States, whose number one priority as president is the defense of the United States, who is the single officer in the government of the United States charged with being commander in chief and protecting the United States from foreign invasion. There's something more important than that. There isn't anything more important than that. There's not one thing more important than protecting America from injury, crime, uh, death, and destruction. And he is tr- has turned over the protection of, of uh, our borders to, our, to enemy terrorists, the cartels, and those cartels are determining who comes into this country. And they're charging roughly five to $10,000 a head for every person who comes through. And those people have been victimized, frequently raped. Many of them die in transit. And there's something more important than that. Yeah. What is it, Joe? What is it, President Biden? What is it, dude? Um, I, I'm looking at you. I got comments coming through <laughs> our, our uh, chat room, y'all. Gretel says, okay, I can't handle it. <laughs> you, you, know, you know I love me some Jonathan, but uh, Jonathan in cool shades is just too much. <laughs> <laughs> When you win, as you I anticipate, remember you started it, Robert. I I didn't mean to. I wasn't thinking about it. I got these cool new like well, blue blocker things, and those uh, those shades are absolutely spectacular that you are. You remind me of a Robert that is really an Elton John. I mean, yeah, you like Elton John, Robert. People have been doing Elton John, John Lennon, whatever. You know, listen, I I, I was. This is the the backstory of this, uh, Jonathan. I don't think about getting nice things and cool things because that's just not my thought. But I was at the Red Pill Expo with uh, G. Edward Griffin, and I was emceeing the event, speaking at, and there were a lot of great exhibitors. And I happened to be set next to uh, a nice group of people, like a family business out of one of the Carolinas, I think North Carolina. And they were doing these blue blocker glasses. I was like, well, this is an interesting place to come. A G. Edward Griffin event, like Red Pill Expo, and sell glasses with blue blockers. I was like, yeah, well, we love G. Edward Griffin. We 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 love freedom, and we want to. I like, I love you guys. You're awesome. If there's any way I can tell the world about you, I want to. And they said, here, we'll get you some glasses, or whatever. So anyway, I got these things. I never would have gotten them. And they're awesome. So I'm waiting for them to set up their little online thing so I can send people there to support a good 
company that actually, you know, has alignment and principled with us. Well, are those uh, I love to do that. Glasses, Robert. Say that again. Are those prescription glasses? I believe these are because I can't see much without them. I think they have that capacity as well. So yeah, they're, they're really cool. Uh, but I, I just can't, I can't even, when I look at you, I'm like, <laughs> just to make, when you walk into the Senate two years from now, when you win, I know you haven't declared officially yet. I'm just speaking uh, in, into reality. Uh, those shades are going to be very cool to walk in with those. They're like, who is that guy? Oh my gosh. Are you suggesting that my future is bright, Robert? I am. That's why you got to wear shades. That's right. My mom says I should get the same shades as you. <laughs> I don't know if I can rock them as well. Become a shady character, though. Rob. No, we wouldn't want that. Of course not. <laughs> that, that would be just off-putting, and that's not what we do. I like pudding, by the way, organic, of course. Uh, there's a, another story here about the the. This is a, a very interesting. Now, the you know the House of Representatives did turn a little bit. It's just incredible disappointment in terms of what you would normally expect to happen in a midterm as, that we just witnessed. And I think there's just a lot of stuff that we may never know get to the bottom of. I hope we do. But yes, the House of Representatives now in Republican control, although not until officially, I think January when it starts. But um, they have now put forward, I think, an, uh, an NDAA that would rescind the military mandate for jabs and perhaps reinstate those who have, have lost their ability to be in the military because they refused to take the jab. And the White House, of all places, not surprisingly, slamming Congress for, I mean, who would and who could possibly defend a COVID jab mandate anywhere at this point, knowing what we know about those jabs, their inefficiency, their, their non-reliability, they don't work to do anything they claim they did, and the downright danger that's becoming apparent. Ron Johnson, Senator Johnson hosted another uh, big uh, hearing on that as well. Uh, what On what basis does this White House have any rational reason to say we, we oppose the elimination of this mandate? They're totally idiotic. They've lost some major hitters from the military as a result of this. I know several of them out here who mm -hmm. left the service, went into retirement because of this jab mandate. And these are people who are career military officers who are very valuable and indispensable. And you've got a whole bunch of people who've been kicked out, uh, you know, and a number of them are Navy SEALs, are, you know, in the special forces all across the board. The Coast Guard and swimmers, the top of the top of the heap in the military realize their bodies are at risk every day when they do their job and they're not going to put them at risk when shortage of recruitment that's exacerbating exacerbated so greatly over the last year and a half to two years because of all this woke nonsense in the military what they ought to do of course is what is just and right that is eliminate the mandate and offer uh, a bonus to return those experienced officers and those others who are both retired with involuntarily who didn't really want to retire, but did because of the mandate and those who are kicked out. They all ought to be invited back. That The administration needs to eat crow. The vaccine yeah. simply doesn't even work. The boosters don't even last for 30 days, even under their theory. The whole point is nonsense at this point. Uh, yeah. uh, natural immunity is what is holding the day. 80% of the population, over 80% now has natural immunity. And these the military is comprised largely of younger people in the large in the large populace uh, services. They're like the never office. they were never at risk. These young people, except to now the adverse events of the yeah. jab. Yeah. So this is total totally ridiculous. 
as is almost everything that they've done to the military. I mean, the whole idea of CRT training in the military and uh, transitioning and having the military pay for transitioning of uh, physical, you know, the operations, that is insane. That is insane. This is a service that is supposed to have a mission. That mission is to defend the United States. And we're supposed to have the toughest, bravest, and strongest military in the world. And what are we doing? We're making it woke, weak and woke. Yeah sort of a reflection of Biden himself in many respects. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Who is this moron White House National Security Council guy, John Kirby? He says this, Republicans in Congress is, have obviously decided that they'd r- rather fight against the health and well-being of those troops rather than protecting them. Dude, it's the exact opposite. The assault of these jabs is harming their health before they even p- potentially could get to a, a battlefield if they need to defend us. Typically, they speak without proof. Typically, they speak and and they assert these. I mean, this is the same line that we had all the way from back to the beginning. You know, only people who aren't vaccinated transmit this disease. Lie. Uh, only people who get vaccinated will be able to avoid the disease. Lie. Only people with natural immunity don't have the best defense against this uh, virus. A lie. Uh, the only way to ensure that children are safe in schools is to vaccinate them. Lie. On and on and on, we've been lied to by the CDC, Dr. Fauci, by the president on this whole thing when they had full access to information that would enable them to understand clearly that it was a lie. I mean, Fauci is the is the absolute liar in chief, and uh, he has propagated more falsehoods. Wear three masks and you'll be protected. Oh, start off with one. Wear one. Oh, first, you don't need a mask. Second, you need a mask. Third, you need two masks, then you need three masks. And then in reality, no mask is sufficient to protect you against a nanoparticle entering your body. Mm-hmm. If it's out there, it's going to get into your body regardless of whether you wear a mask or not. It's so absurd. And of course, the idea of supporting the immune system genuinely and even acknowledging the role of the immune system, which has been basically you know, destroyed or the attempt to destroy the idea that the immune system is even something that's real. I mean, it's been so absurd, Jonathan, the claims yes, being made. All these companies that, first of all, you have uh, their uh, CDC stating at the start of this whole thing, oh, people with stronger immune systems will be less apt to have severe disease. Okay, that's something that actually is true. That was generally understood before. It, was, it, is, it remains true to this day. Then when you have people who are trying to sell something, a dietary supplement that is known to be supportive of immune health and and agents that are anti-inflammatory, which help you when you get the disease, they try to say that our product will help with the disease by improving your immune system or lessening the effects of inflammation, which is very severe with the spike proteins. You end up with them censoring it and telling these people that they're selling drugs, they can't be in the market and going after them legally, going after doctors who who prescribed ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine saves lives from doing that, causing deaths as a result of their censorship, as a result of their denial of access to ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which goes on even to this day. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's outrageous. Censoring free communication, not allowing an open, robust debate, which is essential for innovation in medicine to come up with new and better solutions to unique problems like this. Uh, the whole thing has been an absolute wreck, and it's been anti-Republican. They've offended the Constitution, violated it, and they've made our republic 
more akin to communist China in its approach by favoring censorship, government mandated solutions, uh, denying free access to information and denying the doctor patient relationship to operate freely and mm -hmm. denying prescription freedom on the part of uh, physicians. It's all been ruinous and we should learn that lesson from it. But of course, the Biden administration is trying to keep it. And then this whole big tech censorship thing. I mean, the information coming out about that collusion oh the White House and big tech and censoring massive amounts of information all about Hunter Biden, all about uh, the on the covid front, all this coming out of Elon Musk's uh, Twitter. He's pouring out the information bit by bit to specific journalists and they're publishing it. And we're finding out that, indeed, the big tech censorship collusion with, with, uh, with the White House that we thought existed and that all the evidence pointed to is borne out in actual evidence. If you're just tuning in to the Robert Scott Bell Show and wondering what is going on, I'm looking at the guy. I thought Jonathan Emord was supposed to be here and you got Neo from The Matrix. Yes, yeah. Keanu Reeves has joined us and you look at this yeah. guy and he's, he, it's, I'm just like doing the show with you today, Jonathan, is like trying to stay focused. I'm going, dude. Well, I, I may look like a, a guy from a sci-fi flick, but Robert, you look like you've been on some psychedelic drugs. <laughs> That's it. The, the, the orange, less blue, blue blockers are a little rounder than I'm used to. And uh, yes, I, I don't know, but I do have my freedom jersey on. From I mean, there Jonathan you are about the Red Pill Expo. And I know, I know every single person who heard you say that was thinking, what pills? What was the Red Pill really? And But again, you're, you're doing the Matrix thing. It's great and breaking and breaking out of the Matrix, in fact. Now, you were talking again about censorship. It's been a, on our minds for years here. In fact... When I first opened up the microphone in 1999, people never considered that we, we didn't have freedom of speech in America. Average folks were like, what are you talking about? We have, of course we have freedom of speech, but because I was always involved since, you know, my years starting in homeopathy and natural medicine, it, you know, learning about, you know, back in the day when you were even working towards what resulted as the dietary supplement health and education act, the in 1994, not perfect, but you know, it provided some protection for supplements realizing that there was a certain segment or certain area of speech that has been for a long time, decades, in fact, curtailed, limited, suppressed, censored. And that is particularly when it comes to health information. Of course, you you've written the book on global censorship on health information, as well as the rise of tyranny that led me to understand deeply about how this happened and why, in fact, it happens. And it hasn't been curtailed much at all. In fact, it may have arguably gotten worse. Now, the Alliance for Natural Health has another article out uh, just uh, a couple of days ago. FDA supplement censorship strikes again. A slew of warning letters. The FDA has targeted seven companies for claiming that their supplements treat heart disease. Well, not heart disease exactly. What the FDA has issue with is, is that these supplements are claiming to lower cholesterol, which is a, a structure function statement, not a disease claim. And then uh, what they're trying to do is convert any functional benefit of a supplement to convert it to a disease claim so they can claim that they're promoting a new drug. The oligarchy has been out of control for years, and I don't have time to talk in depth about it, but even the EPA is getting in on this. It's just astonishing that anybody would support these alphabet soup oligarchical agencies at this point because they are not helping any American. They are destroying the ability of Americans to, to earn a living, to do innovate in, in health and healing, even environment. They have become the obstacles for true innovation. 
So this is an old story of censorship. Of course, neither the Food and Drug Administration nor the EPA should have any power whatsoever over the content of communication. And to the extent that there is an act of overt fraud, it ought to be prosecuted by the Justice Department. But all these agencies engage in this kind of tyrannical conduct where they try to control all aspects of the operation of the regulatees that they have. And even broader than that, they try to affect the American people. And here we have in the supplement zone, uh, this creep that is continuing where the, the government tries to characterize claims of an effect on a body structure or function as being ones that are disease treatment claims. So if I say that my supplement uh, lowers blood pressure and that's true, then the FDA says, oh, well, what you're really saying is that it's a treatment for hypertension. If you uh, sell something that lowers blood sugar levels and you tell the consumer that it does, then the FDA says, oh, no, you're trying to sell something that's a treatment for diabetes. If you sell something that lowers uh, triglycerides, they'll say that you're trying to treat atherosclerosis. Or if they say that it somehow affects um, your uh, uh, inflammation in your body, then they say that you're trying to sell some sort of anti-inflammatory drug. So they constrict what you can say without government approval, forcing you to continuously get the government's review and approval, and of course, denying it in, route, in in the ordinary course to protect the drug industry from competition. Notice that all these claims that ANH is talking about are ones that are sacred, hallowed claims used by the drug industry uh, in, in uh, a more express form. So what it's really about is protecting the drug industry from competition. They don't want any competition from any foods, even if it involves uh, of food being uh, described truthfully for its physiological effects that don't deal with disease. Just because a, a supplement lowers your blood pressure doesn't mean you're treating sure. uh, hypertension. But even if it were uh, mm -hmm. the case, the, the First Amendment's being violated with this whole process because the FDA should not be in the business of policing speech, should not be in the business of policing speech. And uh, the same is true for the EPA. And the Justice Department uh, ought to be in the business of preventing fraud. So if somebody lies to yeah. you about the effects of something, like then they the can go after it. Yeah, like the pharmaceutical industry and those that support it. Oh. I mean, the, 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 it, there's such an enormous double standard that operates here, but they, they've always viewed the supplement industry with skepticism, there's an internal bias inside the FDA against supplements and against, and there's a bias in the EPA against everything, but mm -hmm. particularly against any industrial development that results in a, a, a significant benefit. Then they start reaching one way or another. I mean, they're against industrialization, mm -hmm. against the progress. They, they went after the Sacketts years ago, continuing even to this day, some 20 years of litigation where the Sacketts went into a community uh, a, a distance from a waterway that was uh, regulated by the EPA. And they tried to build their dream house on a plot of land that was in this community. And for some reason, all of a sudden, the EPA got excited and they came up with this regulatory wetlands uh, concept. And they said that if if a property is uh, is near, regardless of how far, is deemed by them near a, a, a wetland, even without any proof of anything coming from that property into the water, that it would be deemed a regulatory wetland. So they told these people after they began construction, 
that they would be fined $62,000 a day and that they would have to restore the land that they had started to do the construction on to its original state and that they couldn't build anything on it. And it's right in the middle of a community. It's right in the middle of an already built community with their houses all around. Has anybody succeeded in pushing back on the EPA to stop them from being the tyrannical agency they become? Well, the Sacketts uh, had success at the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court found the regulatory mechanism. The EPA tried to put someone in sort of a, in t- them in, an, in an, a never ending regulatory loop where they mm-hmm. could never appeal out of the FDA. Right. Uh, out of the EPA. EPA. Yeah. And, uh, and the Supreme Court held that to be unlawful. The Supreme Court now has this major questions doctrine operating, and they're going to, f- in the future, have, four, uh, have more restrictions, I suspect, on the agencies. But this is what really uh, is, is galling, that someone could take your property and, through regulation, render it of zero value mm-hmm. and prevent you from doing what you have a right to do, basic property right to do. Um, anyway, it's a bad situation. And, and this whole thing, uh, is one that we can fight against all these claims. If there were someone out there who was actually in the business of making these claims, I would gladly uh, represent them in a suit against the FDA for the censorship. It's very clearly a violation of the first amendment. Folks, this is the kind of thing Jonathan's been doing decades of work, not only researching and writing books about it, but going into the courts, establishing precedent yet finding that the oligarchy ignores everything. And if you write a letter to Congress or your Senator, they'll send a letter to these agencies. The agencies say, well, it's up to Congress to change the law. You've, you've seen this. You talk about a, a dead loop, an endless loop. <clears throat> There's gotta be a way to break through this. And, you know, part of the reason I want you guys and gals to support Jonathan Emore right now, an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine two years from now uh, is because he knows this history as well, we're probably better than most anybody in the Senate right now or that would ever get there at this point in this day and age. And so, uh, Jonathan, it, can you mention any of the fundraiser events that people might want to look for? Or is it all are they all listed at emord 4 va emord dot com? I think they need to update that. Uh, that's something I I'm glad you reminded me of that it's something okay. I have to ask people to do. But here there are a number of them. And uh, there's there are four in Florida. Uh, that are going to happen in January and February. We'll get you the dates on those. And um, there are also, there's one in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's one in, uh, let me see if I can remember, correctly. Scottsdale, Indianapolis, Indiana, Scottsdale, Arizona, four in Florida, um, one in New Jersey. Um, I wish I could remember them all, Robert, but they'll be coming up in January and February. Mm-hmm. And trying our best to raise as much money as we can because the Democrat party has about $51 million available to assist Tim Kaine in his efforts at reelection. So pay as much money as you can to get a person who is the absolute antithesis of the Republic and freedom. Yeah. So folks, we've tolerated the restrictions on our freedom for far too long. And then there are still Americans going, well, I feel pretty free. Dude, this isn't about, you know, a semblance of semi-free and going, I'm happy with that. Or the fact that you don't have a company or a business that has to interact with the FDA or the EPA or you name it, the FTC. The fact is your life is being harmed because you don't have access to the innovation of people in America and companies that they have formed. 
to develop products that will improve and enhance your life and provide services that will improve and enhance your life and health. There's a severe restriction. I mean, they look at that as more dangerous than any foreign enemy coming to America and, and, and invading. And in fact, uh, you know, Biden welcomes the Chinese in almost, you know, unabated and other, and other Western style democracies do all the while protecting the interest of globalists and collectivists that are part and parcel to the profit making of the monopoly medical practices and the pharmaceutical industrial complex, arguably more dangerous than the military one, because they seem to own and control the military one. It's astonishing. And you look back at the history of big pharma in the 20th century, it's, it goes right through the Reich. The, the Nazi Germany, you know, it's the breaking up of the of the IG Farben. And we see that we're still ruled or poisoned by all of these things. And, and, and I'm not, you know, exaggerating for effect. I, if anything, I'm under speaking it to rec- help you recognize how serious this is. And it's been this way for a long time. But more and more people now through COVID have finally realized how much we're up against, how much our own government has been corrupted and co-opted and works against our freedom to be well, to be unmolested. My body, my choice, my aspirin, for those on the left that believe it's only about what you, you, you can grow and kill, this is not what we're talking about here. The ability to maintain bodily integrity, that's fundamental. Otherwise, anybody could rape you and get away with it. And I'm talking medically as well. So I, I just want to lay that out there, not to bum anybody out, but just to raise the stakes for you. If you think this is not serious, the A&H putting this thing out about freedom of speech, censorship on supplements. That's only one part of this. I'm learning more and more as I go, Jonathan, I think I know how bad it is. And then another thing comes up and another agency comes up and does something. It's astonishing. And we have to put up with it. I don't think so. Well, yes. And it's all over the place and it's federal and state. And on the state level, for example, we're dealing with the ABC in Virginia, the alcohol control board in Virginia that, uh, Sadly, last Friday, raided one of my clients' uh, places and uh, Gore Meltz in Fredericksburg, Virginia, 25, roughly 25 armed police agents came in uh, for, on behalf of the ABC, removed all the alcohol and imaged all the hard drives and left. Uh, and the alcohol, as you know, in the restaurant business, you don't have alcohol and you don't have a license to sell alcohol. And you're out of business. You're going out of business. Hey, what was their claim? Why would they do this? Well, uh, there's an executive order number 72 from Ralph Northam that was the most one of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen. Ralph Northam was the former governor of Virginia before Glenn Youngkin took uh, charge. Northam was a Democrat, Youngkin a Republican. And uh, Northam's order had such ridiculous requirements as no one in Virginia was allowed to leave their home between the hours of 12 and, and midnight and 5 a.m. How, uh, how is it that the virus is more active during those hours? What is it that they, it's a partying virus. So, so these, these were COVID restrictions specifically yeah. we're talking about here. So, yeah, so, so in the restaurant, you would uh, have to wear a mask unless you were seated and eating. If you stand up, you have to wear a mask. Right, remember seated. all of the absurdities. But uh, what did you, they claim? You You have to wear, uh, you can't, you know, you get to not wear a mask. If you stand a foot away from the bar, you must wear a mask. All this nonsense, total ridiculous absurdity that has nothing to do with protecting anybody and has no effect of doing that. It's totally arbitrary and capricious. That was his order. And then this ABC board uh, uh, enforced it. And they found that Matt uh, Strickland, who's running for the, the Virginia State Senate, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, 
um, and a good good guy uh, poses all this. He was a veteran, combat veteran from the Iraq and uh, Afghanistan wars, uh, came back and he said, look, I fought for freedom overseas to protect Americans from terrorism. And I'm not going to come home and have my freedom taken away from me. So I'm not going to abide by these ridiculous restrictions. And he was very overt about it. So then they investigated him. Then they charged him with violating it. Uh, then they prosecuted him. Now get this. Northam withdrew his own executive order in May of 2021, mm -hmm. but the board just kept going after him anyway, continuously wow. enforcing it. And then they sent out the police just last Friday, December of 2022. It's been months and months and months and months since even Northam withdrew it. Now, the new governor has expressed from the start that he's totally mm -hmm. opposed to these arbitrary restrictions and use them as violations of people's rights and as opposed to it. Governor, Governor Yonkin. Well, now, let me ask you something real quick as you go this, because we have a story here in the Hill uh, and it showed super Don, if you don't mind showing that story, it says Yonkin moves toward reimbursements for unjust COVID-19 fines in Virginia. Uh, do you, Jonathan, do you know anything specifically about this and how this happened? I mean, this is a, a significant move to correct a, 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 a travesty and injustice. Yeah, so uh, after that raid, uh, I petitioned the governor and the the attorney general in the state to to act against this enforcement of this unlawful executive order number seventy two, and to set this situation right. Um, we asked him to have a, an opinion drawn from the attorney general on the law and to proceed against the agency for having enforced uh, the order long past. It's, it's expiration. This is basically drawing into question the power of the governor, because if a governor can't withdraw an order and expect that the agencies will stop enforcing it, then the governor has no ability to ensure that an order issued in a quote unquote emergency is withdrawn uh, after the emergency. Otherwise, you've got agencies that could just yeah. uh, enforce uh, uh, defunct orders of the governor. So we explained that. And in, in assessing this, the governor came up with his own solution, which is extremely, uh, it's fantastic, I think. What he's done is he said to all the agencies, not just the ABC, all the agencies in Virginia have to report to his secretary of finance every instance where they imposed a fine or penalty or revoked a license against anyone who has a business or anything else or any wow. person in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, by, uh, I think it's uh, January the 15th, at which point the Secretary of Finance is going to review all that and then advise the governor on how all these people could be uh, put back to where they were before they were penalized so that mm. they could be reimbursed and they could be, have their licenses restored and so forth. The governor has uh, said he's, in addition, uh, submitting on December 15th an amendment to the budget for the state that will include within it a provision uh, that will require reinstatement of licenses and reimbursement of all oh, of the- Oh, this is fantastic news. So this is, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's more than what we really thought imaginable possible, but that's because I think Yunkin has, has been a very great governor and he's done a great thing here. And I salute him for that. And I'm very grateful for that. And uh, I think this will ultimately, in the case of my own client, um, uh, save the day. Wow. I mean, so I didn't realize there was a direct lineage connection to that story in the Hill that you had helped stimulate that activity into action. Uh, and 
man, God bless you. Cause there's been people that have been just wrongly uh, per- persecuted, prosecuted. Oh, of- when you think, I mean, I know it's one state, but I'll tell you in one state, you can have thousands and thousands of people who are injured by government's gone rogue. And that's what this is. This is a rogue ABC. Uh, and they went after the man, uh, even though the whole thing had been yanked out from under them. They had a court order. Yes, I did not represent him until after all this. So I, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to, to be his lawyer earlier on, and I could have probably helped him a lot more. Mm. But be that as it may, it really did. All of this has focused the issue very clearly for the governor. And he's looking not just at Matt's case, but probably at multiple other instances combined. And this has been his response, which is really fantastic. And I and he's been strong in his statement that this was wrong and that he's not going to tolerate it. And he's sending a, ser- a very clear signal to these agencies, including the ABC, wow. that they've got to get their act together and they have to realize they're not going to be allowed to penalize people based on these old this old executive order, anything that Northam did against COVID-19 that involved punishing people. Oh man, this is, this is great news. This is again, Jonathan Emore doing amazing, amazing things and finding out the, the side benefits. You're like a guy with side benefits, not side effects. Uh, when you do something on behalf of someone, because it's rooted in principle, it's rooted in what's right. It's rooted in constitutionality. Uh, unlike someone like Chucky e. Schumer, who's now excited because they have a 5149 advantage in the Senate and they say, oh, now we can subpoena all kinds of bad climate deeds, climate bad deeds. So I think, oh, Robert, crap. I think you, uh, based on those classes, you represent the 60s, Robert. You okay. represent the 60s yeah. and psychedelic revolution. And I think I'm, I'm more or less uh, modernity. All right, wait, hold on. Let me let me just switch it up here. Super Don, cover, bring it, bring it, bring it back. I'm going to go uh, Plan B on my glasses today because I can't really compete directly. But let's see what happens when I do this. Ah, now well, where am I at? Well, I, I I think I think I like the other ones. Frankly, I I like I like them. I mean, well, what there's about modernity that I'm not doing here. <laughs> well, um, I don't know whether you're you're closer to maternity than modernity. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm going home. Wait, I think I'm in the studio. Uh, Super Don, take over. I can't do it. I can't deal with this. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get, <laughs> help me that, out. Here. That was, that was the best one liner I've heard in a long awesome time. They're closer to maternity. Yes. Look at that. I'm just, he's Neo today. He's absolutely, look at this guy. He's amazing. He's so cool. I just, yeah. you know, everything. Well, I'm waiting for Don to Don his. Goggles. Right. We're looking to get him some cool shades too of some kind yeah. uh, to join us in the mix. What do you got there, Super? Go. Uh oh. Here we go. All right. Oh, 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 now that is that's look something. out. And look out. We do have some matrixy yeah. action going on behind us now, Super Dino. Well done. Yeah, I, like I do. Well, before we have to talk about Chucky e. Schumer, which is always a kind of a bummer to have to mention him, uh, I just want to remind you of some good things that are coming up. Uh, one of those things is the Health Freedom Expo, the virtual expo. If you guys were able to attend, you know you couldn't attend everything. And so, and if you didn't attend, you have the opportunity to see everything now. Uh, the virtual expo, and I think they've got a special deal, uh, expires tomorrow. We're, today is December the 8th, so December 9th is the expiration of the special deals. Uh, the virtual expo will be February 18th and 19th. You'll be able to see Jonathan Emord's presentation, our Health Freedom panel, with uh, uh, Dan Burton was there as well. It was amazing. Uh, different 
different discussions. And we had Ty Bollinger at that event. And all of those things, if you missed any of it, you'll now have access to it. Plus, we're going to be doing some new live interactive panels as well as new presentations for it. So uh, it's trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And it's never too early to start planning to be at the next live one. And that'll be mid-October of 2023. And uh, we always enjoy being there for that. Uh, And uh, Jonathan, man, the years we've been together at that event has been phenomenal. I just... I have so many good memories and it's funny when you, when you come out with these one liners, like you just did out of nowhere, it, it, it's to some degree, it's sort of out of character. Cause like Jonathan, he's really serious. He's, he's a, you know, a bad, you know what, because he, he knows how the law and he can take on the bad guys and beat them. And then they don't know the funny side. I remember this is just a memory flooding back in I think one of the events, maybe it was when we were at the um, long beach health freedom expo and we had an evening event. And, you know, I, I like my buddy, Liam Sheff, who's unfortunately no longer with us, but he just, he looked at you and he thought completely different about you. And you were letting your hair down, so to speak, with the little hair you had and just saw this other side of Jonathan Emor that sometimes peeks through. And I don't want anybody to think that's a sign of weakness because this man is incredibly strong and capable. And the fact that you have the good humor that you do only makes it better. Yes. Comedy, as Steve Martin once said, is not pretty. <laughs> yes, Robert is really what we're what we're doing right now. I mean, look at us; it's rather humorous, but <laughs> it's it's not particularly pretty, Robert. It's funny, but no, you're right. Pretty, but, no, not pretty, but funny. Yes, well said. Now, speaking of not pretty, uh, Chucky Schumer. It's like amazing. A New York. I'm embarrassed that I came onto this planet in New York and I left. Thankfully, my parents got me out of there by the age of six. But dude, that state. I'm so sorry for anybody there that. I know we have fans from New York that listen and watch the show and appreciate us, but dude, I feel so bad for everybody there. You still have to deal with Chucky Schumer and governor Hochul. I don't know if it's, if salvageable, but if, if Chucky Schumer, the next two years before, hopefully Jonathan Emore will get in there uh, in the Senate is going to start subpoenaing people for climate bad deeds. There's no limit to be people being called in for anything, just moronic, stupid things on top of moronic, stupid things. I just don't have anything nice to say about Chucky Schumer and the Democrats when it comes to climate at this point, because they're, they, they, they don't care about the science, the innovation that we would proffer, the people we know that actually can help clean the environment up are discarded before they even have an opportunity because it's an agenda not to protect the climate or people. It's to enact globalism, global communism, Marxism via climate change lies. Well, what he's promising is political persecution of individuals in the free market. That's what he's doing. Uh, Only because they happen to be in business. Everybody in business who is creating something is making, is polluting. It's the nature of creation in business. You can't help it. That's their point. They want to destroy all business in the United States. If you're socialists and you, you want to make capitalists go your way, they came up with a new solution to that issue which is to take their sympathies about the environment and translate it into a means by which they can bludgeon and destroy the entire basis of the Western world, the economy of the United States. And Schumer is a big advocate of it, and he wants a socialist state. He wants all the power he can get. Uh, And so apparently they're going to use the subpoena power abusively to politically persecute those who are in business in the United States. That's what he's saying. Yeah, more destruction of freedom. 
in America, courtesy at this point of the modern Democrat Party. And, you know, when I say that, I'm always sensitive to some people that have leaned that way or been Democrats in their in this lifetime to recognize that this is not a wholesale endorsement of the Republican Party either. We recognize the, the limitations of any of these these major parties, but there are people in there and like Jonathan Ebord would be in the Senate that are quite transformative. And there are people trying to make a difference. I don't doubt that or dispute that. Uh, but there are a lot of the, what they call some of them called rhinos, but basically globalists in Republican clothing, much less the Democrats who are not hiding their globalist tendencies. Uh, we've got to do better. These are the things we highlight in spotlight, not necessarily to tick any of you off, but to recognize if you're not clear about what's been going on, eventually you'll be clear when it affects you directly. It's in fact affecting us all indirectly to some degree, some of us more directly than others. But if you don't stand for your American brothers and sisters in freedom, There'll be no one left to stand as they're picked off one by one by one because you think it doesn't affect you. And I know that's, uh, you know, kind of I'm preaching to the choir in this audience, Jonathan, but still a message if anybody's new to the show. There are people that are different in terms of they've understood and learned from history and are coming in not to make the same mistakes, despite the fact that many in both parties have made those mistakes because they're wholly ignorant of the history that you've written about extensively in your number in your numerous books. Well, Robert, I think this is an environmental show. And the reason why I say that is that if you look at the background here, it's crying green tears. <laughs> we do have green tears behind us. Is that That's the, uh, the new interpretation. So we are very sensitive. Just if anybody thinks we're not, we're very sensitive and we care. We feel your green tears. Yeah. <laughs> but not crocodile tears. No, we're more sincere than that. Uh, let's see what else we got to cover here. We got uh, seven minutes. I got a new guest coming up an hour two That should be good talking about, you know, the Zelenko, Dr. Zelenko and the Zelenko protocols. He was a very courageous physician who spoke out against the establishment on COVID and really helped many people, many patients, uh, to utilize substances that were, well, they were not in favor or, or not favored by the establishment. And he passed away of cancer. He had a very debilitating cancer. But in, his, in the midst of his battle against cancer, he stood strong for freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of doctors and scientists to speak out against the uh, what we call consensus science, which weirdly enough, it's not science. Because if you can have like a vote and 51% believe something to be accurate in science and 49% disagree, and suddenly now the science stands because of a vote, you now have democracy, which is not even the ideal form of government that we would ever want, that our founders ever left for us, because democracy, as you know, is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner, or two oncologists and a homeopath voting on what to do for your cancer. It's not rooted in science. It's rooted on popularity or just dominating the ultimate minority, which is the individual, a minority of one, which is really the only minority that matters. Well, but maybe those things behind us are green roots to complement what you're talking about on the show. Well, green you think roots. we're growing something good? Those are rapid moving roots. I think they've been irradiated. <laughs> Even that, either that or they took one of those. Uh... <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean that radiation and the environment are in conflict, Robert, because. Yeah, a little hormesis, I guess. Back there. We got the soil. Here's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jonathan yeah. Emord, a.k.a. Neo, is in the house. Uh, so anyway, I'm just, I just look at what we're up against and I don't look at it as a, as an insurmountable task, especially if we have the power of belief and the power of a connection to a power that's much greater than government behind us, guiding us principally. 
Um, this is something that is lost for so many, so many that look to government for their source of their freedom or their rights or their power. Uh, this is a, a wrong way to look at it. And it always ends up diminishing your very special status in, in creation. As I said, so much of what government does is try to divide us or separate us and separate us from our divinity. It, it wants to replace God. And that's a, you know, that's something I think any people of faith recognize, well, that's not right, but maybe they don't realize that's what's happening. Yeah. And I think, uh, on this whole environmental front, Robert, what we have is a, a big fraud factory in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. They're telling America a pipe dream. They're telling America that if you go 100% solar, 100% wind, and 100% electric vehicles, that you're going to have a clean environment. Absolute lie. All of those require production techniques that are very detrimental to the environment, even more so than the production of natural gas in spades. Worse. And furthermore, the idea that you could somehow mandate a, an environment by government action is so ridiculous. You have to deal with the reality of a multiplicity of variables that affect our survival as a species, humans. And that is defined in no small measure by our relative wealth. If you wanna see the effects of degradation of humanity, you look at poverty around the world. Look at instances where free markets do not operate or that the government has extinguished them. Then you have mass starvation, you have mass poverty, you have total uh, reliance upon a government in a way that causes the government to be the slave owner and you to be a slave. That's extinguishing the human species. Our goal should not be to eliminate man from the environment, but to ensure that man's impact on the environment is not adverse. How do you do that? Well, you know what? The free market has had a tremendous effect of achieving that in and of itself. But if you want to encourage it, as I do, then you would have tax incentives for reduction in pollution that would be meaningful. You would return back to industry and to individuals their own wealth that the government now takes and funnels into these forced projects of let's have solar, let's have wind and let's destroy fossil fuels within 10 years of Biden's election, you'd get rid of that government plan and you instead would allow a million innovative solutions to arise with one or two or three or four or five or six that will be outstanding, far better than anything that would come from solar and wind, which we know are failed from the start. Same with electric vehicles. The electric vehicle thing is so ridiculous. I mean, not only are they very costly now, right at the start, but very clear projection because of the inavailability, the rare earth minerals necessary to make those batteries is that the battery for an electric vehicle is going to triple and quadruple in price as we forcibly eliminate gas gas based vehicles. Well, and try to replace one when they run out of so-called battery steam. Uh, And you'll see that the expense. Try to sell a used one. Right. Try to, it, once you once you use your battery, boy, ooh, then you've it got becomes to a toxic waste yeah. dump of its own, uh, folks. The lies about the environment we're not uh, at all, uh, you know, afraid to talk about them. At the same time, we are not 
<laughs> this is the thing. Well, you hate the environment. You want it polluted. No, that's the irony. They, they, they create a straw man argument. We have access to in innovative technologies that can make available the energy that we need to stay free and enjoy a quality of life while reducing greatly, significantly, in some cases, almost completely the toxicological burden, which is where we should be focused on as opposed to the nonsense of climate change, which yeah. is basically code work for, we want to enslave you. And, uh, we're going to do it on the basis of, as Schumer says, we'll subpoena you in because, uh, you have, you're doing bad climate deeds. Uh, astonishing that they're getting away with it so far, but, uh, we are quite obviously Robert, and I do mean that quite obviously we're in favor of limiting solar because we have shades on. Yes, exactly. We're limiting uh, certain light frequencies in there to, to stay strong and keep our eyes clear so we can see the truth and see? communicate it. Yeah. Well said, Jonathan Emord. Everybody check out Emord for VA, Emord, and that's for F O R V A for Virginia.com. Support his uh, exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate in Virginia two years hence to defeat Tim Kaine. And there it is, Emord for VA. And if uh, we find out, confirm, where he'll be in terms of uh, a fundraiser in your area, please take a moment to go down and say hello and support it. And we'll get more information as that website gets updated as well. Jonathan, good to see you, my friend. Uh, I think, let's see, we're at the eighth. So uh, seven days from now will be the 15th. Uh, yeah, we're still, we're still happening. I think we got a couple more shows before Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas anyway, Robert, even if you do wear those funky little sunglasses. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. You, you keep, you keep rocking it, Neo. Yeah. Thanks. That's Jonathan E. Mord, Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Always a, a great joy to celebrate the freedom that is ours by virtue of our very existence. Remember, rights come from God, not government. I need to remind myself that sometimes. So bear with me here. Also, a shout out to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. They're doing the Weiner Wellness Week. Uh, and I was on yesterday with, uh, Joe and Jamie from nutritional frontiers. They've got great specials going on the 12 days of Christmas they got going on and you can use an additional 15% off already discounted prices. Yes. Use the code RSB 15 when you're checking out the, uh, nutritional frontiers website, including their certified organic U S grown CBD hemp products that are so amazing. Also, uh, I'm working on getting some folks on that. I want to talk about this Folium PX product I've mentioned. Now, my friend Babry is originally from Georgia, was occupied by the Soviet Union, not Georgia with Jimmy Carter. That's a different place. I grew up there. Uh, and he's got what I call a Chernobyl-level antioxidant, binding heavy metals and, and radiational elements and getting them out of your body. And there's some amazing success stories I'm, I'm, I'm looking into here, and I want to reveal to you. Uh, but you can check out foliumpx.com and we'll get uh, special discounts for you as well for those that feel like you need it. And a lot of us do. Uh, so there's that and a whole lot more to discuss. Next hour, we got the author of a book uh, by about Zev Zelenko. Um, let me see if I can hold this over and see it. Super Don's got it there. Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent. Uh, the author, Brent Hamachek, is going to join us next hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, but first, uh, the autopsy reports, are they indicating that there is a relationship between the jabs and the nasty stuff that's growing in these veins and arteries of the people that they're uh, autopsying. We got that and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here. Share the show. RobertScottBell.com. We'll check you out in the chat room as well because the power to heal is yours.
The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Every time you think you know Jonathan E. Mort, it shows you another side, a depth of his character. Uh, great hour with Jonathan E. Mort, the Sacred Fire of Liberty. Uh, this hour, we'll have Brent Hamachek uh, on for the first time. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Zev Zelenko and his book about Zev, How to Decapitate the Servant. I'm sorry, the serpent. You be a servant uh, to, to God in that case, to decapitate the serpent. Uh, but we have a lot to discuss with him. Uh, we never got to have Dr. Zelenko on the show before he passed away. And that's one of my regrets. I wish we could have, but what a great man. We'll talk about him and his legacy, as well as what Brent's up to uh, coming up. Also, there are upcoming events that I, I didn't mention. I did mention the uh, Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the virtual expo in February. But before that, January 5th through the 8th. And if you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, you'll see all of these things, these events. Uh, I'll be attending and participating and speaking at, and I'll be broadcasting from uh, the Health and Freedom uh, Expo, if you will, that uh, Drs. Terry and Stu Warner are putting on, Uncensored Truth, American Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. Uh, our friends at the Nurse Freedom Network will be doing things. There'll be a lot of amazing speakers. You'll see Dr. Peter McCullough scheduled. Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. David Martin, many of our friends. Mickey Willis has been added to the list of those that are going to be joining us. And I'd love to see you there. It's going to be in Orlando, January 5th through the 8th, the Hyatt there. I think it's on International Drive or that area. And so that's that's where we're going to start the new year together uh, at that event. And then, as I mentioned, there are other things online as you scroll down through the upcoming events tab. Uh, the Next Steps Conference is coming to Atlanta area, Buford. And that is the, the Lake Lanier Islands. It's a beautiful area. And we're going to be together with so many of our friends at that event. Thanks to Tia Severino. Next-steps.info, February 22nd through 25th. Come join me. Celebrate a lot of uh, freedom. And uh, my birthday will be that weekend as well. Brian Hooker, Dr. Sinhang Lee. We got Stephanie Lucretio. Uh, we got, good Lord, look at that. James Lyons-Weiler, Scylla Watcott. Uh, just incredible lineup and love to see you all there and you can get a discount ticket with the code rsb10 10 off your tickets to be there and i hope that uh you'll plan to be there the lake lanier islands buford georgia outside of atlanta the 22nd through 25th now we'll have more uh, upcoming events uh that uh are are forming on the calendar there's a big one be healthy utah in april and in, in utah sandy outside of salt lake and uh, just stay in touch by uh signing up for the newsletter Go to robertscottbell.com, sign up, or just text. If you got a phone, text RSB, my initials, to 22828. That's right. If you're not driving, go ahead and get your phone out. Get ready to text the number 22828, and then my initials, RSB. You'll be prompted right away to enter your email address, and you'll get plugged in to all that's going on here, health, freedom, and healing, liberty. And what's our poll question of the day, Super Don? I have no earthly idea. I've been so... I don't know. This today has been kind of crazy, crazy morning. I've I've done some uh, silver trainings already. I've got some more this afternoon. I've got a. I think I'm going to appear on another. It's been show a little crazy for me as well. So the the newsletter will be going out before the show's over. Hasn't okay, so I didn't I didn't miss it yet. Then it's well. If you, I can tell you what the poll question is. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, I it's another. Now I know you're going to give me a hard time here because I didn't take into account people who are Jewish. Yeah, you. what is that? I'm sorry. It's a Christmas poll, okay? I mean, just Girl. whatever. When Hanukkah comes around, I'll do a Hanukkah poll. Does that make you feel better? Did yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't, we I didn't are miss honored, it, did honoring uh, Dr. Zelenko, and you do. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Men right. Menorah poll or something. Anyway, a dreidel yeah, oh, poll. dreidel. There you go. Anyway, no. So, so the question, this question uh, that will be going out today mm -hmm. is, uh, what is your preference, 
fake tree, real tree. Man, you just asked the the tough questions. I tell you what. I guess we got to lighten up some of these things that are happening. Dude, it's with the all holiday them. season. I don't want to bum people out with all these serious polls. I'm just know? a bah humbug kind of guy. I think that's what's happening you here. You are. All right. Well, everybody sign up, get the newsletter, lots of great information, upcoming events. I think you sent out a big information piece on the Crave Kicker for those that are wanting to kick the yep. nicotine cigarette vaping habit, uh, mm-hmm. which is an organic product, RSB approved. So y'all check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we'll be talking about, well, there's so much to talk about, but first up this hour, super D, uh, I want to get into this, um, new autopsy report. This is the Brownstone Institute, the Brownstone Institute. They, it, you know, super Don from, we've used a lot of their articles and opinion pieces. They're very well researched. They're very well thought out They're yep. They don't go off half cocked. It's not one of those that you go, Oh, clickbait. This is not the Brownstone Institute. That's why I think this is pretty significant that you have, uh, uh, an article now saying new autopsy report revealing uh, that those who died suddenly were likely, in fact, killed by the COVID jab. And so much non, I would say, implausible deniability about the COVID jab uh, resulting in, in in major traumatic events, including deaths. Uh, it's a hard, I'd, I have a hard time taking anybody seriously that says, oh, ABV, it's ABV, right? We talked about that last week, anything but vaccines. That's an absolute unscientific, unsubstantiated nonsense statement. ABV, it's ABV. We know it's not the jab. Really? And they've been doing this since the very beginning. Since the very, you know, three years now ish, Mm -hmm. I guess. Has it been three years already? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it has, hasn't it? It's been over three years now Mm -hmm. since they started this. But, you know, I mean, they've been doing this from the very beginning where, you know, they were doing the, uh, you know, the vaccines. They were going to the, the care homes. And they were, they were, they were vaccinating all the, you know, the elderly people mm-hmm. and, you know, you'd have an elderly person, uh, you know, walk in and they'd give them the vaccine. And I mean, I'm not making this up either. I mean, this well, was reported by, by mainstream news, you know, and, and then it's like 10 minutes later, they, they collapsed and died. Over, yeah. And it was like, okay, I can understand if that was a one-off, you know, look, the older people, you know, old, older people die sooner, you know, more than, than younger people. But then it, you start getting these reports again. Not not crazy news out you know uh, sources, but from from real news outlets, mm-hmm. and it was like, and some people started asking the question, well, well, is it possible that maybe that you know that that it was the vaccine that might have have made them fall over and die ten minutes later? No, 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 no. I had nothing to do with it. There's no way that's even possible. It just, it was, the vaccines are safe, effective, safe, and effective. Anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorists. Uh, he's just, just all crazy yeah. people, you know. And, and then, if you remember, I I got heated. This is the reason why I'm ranting at the moment. But yeah. I got heated, you know, because I was just like, so w- when you look at the the effects, even just what they would call mild side effects from the vaccine, mm-hmm. you take somebody who is an elderly person in a nursing home, right? This person is like teetering, you know, could possibly be, you know, you know, they're 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 compromised, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give them something that, that increase, you know, that has these mild side effects, is it possible? I, all I wanted was possible. I didn't want, I didn't even demand that you have, it had to be yes or no. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that perhaps maybe that if you give them this vaccine, it might've just been just the thing that pushed them over the edge and caused them to die? No, 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 no. It's not possible. In fact, the fact that you said that we now have to ban you on YouTube, right. you know, it's just Which like we are. And yeah. now what are we finding three years later? We were right. Yeah. 
So this report published in Clinical Research and Cardiologist, Cardiology, I said, uh, it's the official journal of the German Cardiac Society. Detailed autopsies carried out at Heidelberg University Hospital in 2021. And they found very direct relationships in a short time window, not even one where you're going, well, it's too far out. You can't say it's related. It's like, and we talked about that. It's a temporal, uh, what we call coincidence. It's only related temporally. Well, how do you measure anything in its relationship, if not temporally? I mean, we are in the, the worlds of duality, are we not? And what are you highlighting there, Super D? You got something? Yeah, no, I just said that, you know, they led that they did this study and they found five deaths that occurred within a week of the first or second dose of vaccination with Pfizer and Moderna, inflammation yeah. of the heart tissue due to an autoimmune response triggered by the vaccine had likely or possibly, which I, you know what, I'll go with possibly. But mm -hmm. and that was something they weren't even willing to, to, to say, possibly yeah. caused the death. It's I mean, how many, people, how many deaths later? And now they're just going, oh, well, maybe. Well, and, and as we covered in the first hour to show you how out of touch with reality the Biden administration is, his spokespeople on the military thing, oh, you you Republicans or anybody supporting this uh, bill, NDA that says we can no longer mandate this jab, you don't care about the health of the troops. It's like, are you kidding? It's the exact opposite of that. Yeah, you mean the troops that you are sending off to Afghanistan to fight a, a, a no-win war and that are, are, are coming back in body bags? Yeah. We're coming back and they're, they're so severely uh, uh, traumatized that they're committing suicide. You mean those, 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 yeah. those, uh, you don't care yeah. about the troops. They're cannon those fodder. troops. And, okay. and you know what? They're cannon fodder, not even for those uh, uh, foreign excursions, but they're cannon fodder before they even leave to do those things because they are experimental pincushions for the pharmaceutical industrial complex. And that I've been saying since long before there were COVID mRNA jabs. Every jab they want to hit you with. And if you try to get out of them, uh, you know, they'll find a way to drum you out or put you at Fort Leavenworth. And, you know, the people that should be in Leavenworth are the, are the people promoting the COVID jab mandates and destroying what's left of our military forces should we actually need them on the field of battle. And you destroy them on the battlefield at home with shots, not bullets, shots now filled with synthetic mRNA to alter DNA protein synthesis, an abomination in the eyes of creation, in my opinion. Now, Let's talk about a man who really lived an extraordinary life, who we came to know, even though I never got to meet him or have him on this show, Zev Zelenko, Vladimir, an incredible physician, a man of great integrity who stood to protect the lives that were being assaulted by those who were not concerned about your rights coming from God, only that we could limit your freedoms and restrict your freedom to breathe to move about the earth cabin, to work, to live, to love your loved ones, to hug them, to see them if they were in trouble in a hospital or much less anywhere else. These were cruel and unusual things that were foisted on us by a globalist empire. And yes, many in the physician community, not Dr. Zelenko, but many in the physician community cheerleaded this thing on. Of course, the friends that we have here in the medical and nursing community woke up if they weren't awake already to this and spoke out against it. And yet they were railed on. They were threatened with loss of freedom themselves, loss of licensure, loss of the ability to do what they were trained to do. Even though, you know, some of you, oh, you're a homeopath. What do you know? Right. I believe in the freedom to choose the healing path that is right for you. And that might be a combination of many things, not just one thing. 
I was raised pharmaceutically and medically. Those of you who know me, I've told the story a million times. My uncle, the physician, the doctor told me not to become a medical doctor because it was, it was a disaster already back in the eighties. He saw what was happening. God bless my, my dear departed uncle Bob, because he, he really planted a seed in me to recognize, you know, right. I would be miserable. And that's where I made a, a maneuver towards natural medicine. And that was for me, God inspired answer to prayers. And this man, uh, Dr. Zelenko, was an answer to many people's prayers. And we're going to bring on now Brent Hamachek, who knew him well, wrote this new book, How to Decapitate the Servant. It's all about Zelenko. And it's available as of uh, November 19th, 2022. So you can get it right now. It's available. We have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Let's welcome Brent Hamachek to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Brent, how are you? I couldn't be any better. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. And I have to do a little setup. Since you mentioned in your last hour that you know you're from Georgia, by coincidence, I'm drinking out of a University a of Georgia, <laughs> University of Georgia mug. So uh, I guess I was meant to be your guest today. Well, absolutely, and I, you know, I do favor the Bulldogs. They're in the football. Uh, they're the number one team in the nation. I, I don't mind seeing them win, uh, but I was disappointed to see one of their uh, uh, their own lose, uh, Herschel Walker. Running for running for the Senate, and I don't know if he just didn't run a good campaign. I don't know what happened in Georgia. I'm not there anymore, but uh, I was sad to see that happen. Well, you know, Georgia's interesting. Quick lesson before we do what we're here to do, which is talk about Zeb and, mm-hmm. and his legacy. But uh, you know, Georgia shows the problem we have in this country and why the problem is a whole lot bigger than red waves or midterm elections or anything else. Mm-hmm. Let's say Herschel Walker didn't run a great campaign. And let's just for fun, let's say that uh, that Warnock and the folks down there cheated a bit, as they've been known to do. Let's let's say those two things. Those two things accepted. Uh, let's say that Warnock still legitimately got 48 or 49 percent of the vote. Right. So um, and the rest was flipped. That means that in the state of Georgia, half the people voted for socialism. And so when you have half the people in a state in a country whose wealth and power was built through individualism and free market capitalism, coming out and supporting a pure, unequivocal socialist candidate, you can understand that this problem is a whole lot bigger than just about the right candidate and the midterm election and how many seats did you pick up. We have a whole lot of people in this country who don't appreciate what they have, who don't appreciate how they got it, who don't appreciate what they need to do individually to keep it. And so that's a long-term problem. That's why we're doing the Common Crown Campus program, try to bring people together and get them to think a little bit better. Yeah, that's part of our, uh, uh, let's say, goal here. It has been for a long time. It's education. It's, it's honestly deprogramming from the cult of government, much less the cult of medicine which has become very harmful because it it disempowers folks to convince them like they did me that you're sick. We don't know why it's bad genes. It's bad luck. It's like, really, that's what you've come to the conclusion after medical school. Now, I don't know that uh, because I never met Zeb, Dr. Zelenko, uh, what he believed fully, but I certainly respect his uh, immense capacity to stand up against a a, a lot of opposition for his position to help people during COVID with things that the government said, Oh no, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. It's wrong. It's unscientific. All the name calling. He's not the only one, but he's one of the the most profound in terms of what he was speaking on and how he impacted the lives of so many for the better. 
Right. Well, he wasn't the only one, but it's important to note for Zeb's legacy that he was the first one. So he was, in fact, the first person to come up with an effective treatment for the pandemic. He didn't come up with it in April or May or June of 2020. He was effectively treating patients by the end of March of 2020. He had already figured out how to treat them. So, you know, Zev's patient base in New York was uh, concentrated in the Orthodox Jewish community. Anybody who has a little bit of knowledge of the history of all this knows that this virus hit that community in New York kind of first and very, very hard. So Zev was seeing patients who were not experiencing the regular flu and they were dying. And uh, he wasn't content to sit back and wait for the government to come up with the solution and tell him what to do. So he started to do his own research. And what he discovered, uh, ironically on YouTube, uh, you know, to a large extent, was that there was this common, easily found antiviral drug called hydroxychloroquine that acted as what's called an ionophore for zinc, which is Zev like to put it, uh, zinc is the bullet and hydroxychloroquine was the gun. And what he further discovered is that zinc is the natural enemy of all coronavirus, but in, an, in its early stage, when it's inside the cell, multiplying, dividing, and getting ready to burst out of that cell and travel somewhere in the body and raise havoc. So the idea was if you could combine zinc with hydroxychloroquine and then some other drugs that he discovered along the way, you could get zinc inside the cell early. You treated patients right away. You didn't wait for a test to come back. If uh, they had a family member that was sick and they were exposed, you treated them. And what that did, his treatment is allowed uh, for that zinc to get inside the cell because zinc can't get in there on its own very well and kill the virus in the crib. And here's the statistic, the only one that matters. At the time of his death, he had overseen the treatment of approximately 7,500 patients mm. who had the virus, and he had three deaths. So you can sort of drop the mic on that, but let's yeah. not. Let's keep going. But uh, that really tells it all, right? He had this thing, and he had it early. And for that, he was vilified instead of uh, glorified, which is what he should have been. So the topic or title, if you will, of the book, Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent, you know, I think there's there's so much symbolism there. There's a lot of which right. ways we can go all the way back to the garden. But also I think about the 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 dual serpent of the caduceus of medicine being becoming so corrupt that right. uh, the power base within that worked against someone that succeeded as much as Dr. Zelenko did in treating mm -hmm. these cases and many docs that followed him to do the right thing, to actually help their patients. And so it isn't just we were having to look at how uh, this serpent of, of, of government, but again, medicine itself had become so corrupted that they didn't embrace Dr. Zelenko and say, my gosh, we do have the solution because it was all about, as you know, now we all know that everybody that said they had a treatment, however licensed and credentialed they may be, had to be destroyed because then and only then could they bring out the real gun, which was their mRNA COVID jabs. That was That's the right. whole thing. Right. You know, and, and folks like to, you know, the folks who aren't who aren't educated and quite frankly, there's so much information out there that's easy to get. They're sort of willfully ignorant. They like to talk about something like that as though it's a conspiracy theory. 
It, it's not, it's a fact. So you can't get FDA emergency authorization for a vaccine if there's a known effective treatment for a disease. I mean, it has to go through the regular process. So if, um, if we had been widely uh, treating uh, the zinc, azithromycin, steroids, and the rest of the cocktail that, that became the Zelenko, if we had been widely treating it like that, very few people would have died and there would have been no reason at all to rush a vaccine without it going through the proper testing and, and approval process. So it, he had to be silenced. The treatment had to be denied. And people in this country were simply killed for, for money and sport. Um, I don't know how else to say it. It seems harsh, but not no harsh matter enough, where I look, honestly, I, I can't spin it any other way. No, Brent, if anything, it's not harsh enough. This reality uh, people are waking up to, it's brutal, it's ugly, it's a grand disillusionment. But as I pointed out, modern medicine, even if you mean well, is the third leading cause of death in America and has been for, for decades. So it's a dangerous profession. I get that. My uncle knew it. And, and yet, when they do good work, when the doctors actually save lives, they are derided and denigrated and attacked ad hominem because it prevents the industry that owns and controls many of our government agencies, the government itself, and many in the medical profession. It prevents them from doing what they know to do, which is right, to bring healing, relieve suffering, and not kill if you will, first do no harm, or at the very least do little harm. And they do the opposite. And in this case, of course, it was a for-profit uh, procedure that brought out an experimental injection that is clearly causing death, destruction, and mayhem on the order that dwarfs whatever was happening at the beginning phases of COVID. And I'm not saying that even strong enough, I believe. And so the doctors are now recognizing that their profession has been corrupted and co-opted, and they're trying to figure out a way. The nurses are trying to figure out a way. And many of them have come to the conclusion, as I have, that we have to build another system. We can't fix the one that is so broken purposefully to do the things that it has done. Right. Well, it's the doctors that are, you know, that say their system's been corrupted. The ones who have been fighting back against this and finding ways to prescribe uh, for people during the pandemic, finding ways to treat them, whatever it had to be. I mean, at one point, the move from uh, hydroxychloroquine to ivermectin happened. And we remember what happened when that happened, how it was discredited, that it was, oh, it was a, it was a horse laxative. Of course, ignoring for a moment that there's over 300 drugs that are used for animals and humans, and their dosages and their, their uses are different. This is a very common thing. But ivermectin was also a known ionophor accompaniment for zinc, just like hydroxychloroquine was. But hydroxychloroquine got so discredited and it got shut down in the state of New York and other states where you couldn't prescribe it. So there was a move to ivermectin. Eventually that got shut down in some places. But the point of it is most of the medical community, and I use the term most on purpose, I'm not being sloppy with my language. Most of the medical community was complicit in this. And they all knew. I mean, look, by the time we were, I don't know, six, seven, eight months in, there was enough information out there that basically every doctor in the country who wasn't a bedwetting idiot knew you could treat this disease. And yet most of them didn't. And you could say, well, they were, they were afraid of losing their jobs, right? They were afraid of, of being kicked out of their medical group or losing their hospital privileges. Let me be as cold as ice on this. 
So I'm a professional salesperson. I've been teaching sales for over 20 years. And if you have a guy that's selling cars, new cars in a car lot, and he's going to sell a car to an old couple, and the manager says, sell them rust proofing. And the guy says, well, sir, the, we don't need to sell them rust proofing. They're rust proofed at the factory now. I says, look, sell them rust proofing or you're going to lose your job. Well, that's, that's a tough call for that sales guy, right? And he might go ahead and he might sell that old couple rust proofing. And it's not the right thing to do. But guess what? Nobody's going to die. And so if he makes an excuse or rationalizes to himself that it was okay that he did that, God love him. But when a doctor who holds in his hands the power of life and death sells rust proofing to a patient, that's a whole different thing. And there's no, no moral rationalizing blanket under which for them to hide. Oh, that's an analogy I haven't heard yet. That was a uh, very well, well done, Brent. Uh, I think I you, do it once per show. So per I'm show. a dead guest the rest of the you're way. You're done. You're over. No, <laughs> no, Brent. I appreciate you on all that you're doing, especially to highlight and spotlight um, uh, Zeb Zelenko and his life and what he did in the last years of his life to, to help mm -hmm. and save so many. Uh, if if you can give us a little hint in, in terms of how to decapitate the serpent, I just threw out some ideas, you know, initially on, right. on what I perceive the serpent, serpent to be. I, I want to say servant because I, I like to say positive in this regard, but um, what in the book is perceived to be or communicated to be the serpent and maybe some of the things that you reveal in it to decapitate it? Because obviously it's not something that looks to be helpful or healthful to us, this serpent. Well, here as we we enter the, the holiday season and we have your, your great question going out. By the way, my answer to your poll question is fake in my own house and real for everybody else's in terms of the type <laughs> of tree. Love to go see a real tree in somebody else's house, but not mine. So uh, we enter this uh, spiritual season for Jews and Gentiles. And uh, Zeb was a very spiritual person and his faith was everything to him. In fact, I used to tease him and say he's he's about the only person I ever knew who didn't have faith. He seemed to have knowledge. I mean, this is a man who didn't believe but was certain mm -hmm. that God gave him terminal cancer so that he would have the strength that he needed and the inquisitive mind that he needed to do what he did during the pandemic. Literally, he was grateful that God gave him terminal cancer. This is an extraordinary man. And so his his big thing was that real evil does exist in this world he spoke of satan as often as he spoke of just about anything else and his the key for him he felt that people had abandoned their critical thinking skills that they had abandoned their skepticism and most importantly they had abandoned listening to god's voice and as a result of that abandonment they had allowed themselves to become open to being manipulated and led by people they shouldn't be led by. And, and for those doing the leading, those folks, wittingly or unwittingly, had allowed themselves to, be, uh, to become controlled by the forces of evil. And Zev's solution was simple. Uh, discipline your mind, discipline your hearts, restore your faith, think critically, be a skeptic. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to, to behave as sheep, but we got to be really careful about the shepherd we follow. And, and we, we, we followed the wrong shepherd, of course. So in Zeb's mind, uh, the key to all of this 
started within each and every individual refusing to not think and refusing to let themselves be blindly controlled by authority. And of course, that's exactly what we saw from people worldwide uh, during the pandemic and especially disappointing to see it the way we saw it here in the United States in a country that used to pride itself on you know, fortitude and individual strength and all sorts of other archaic notions. And we just sort of rolled over on our backs and exposed our bellies to government and the medical community and said, take us. Yeah, we've descended into collectivism, which is a great evil because it denies our divinity, our individual spark reality of creation. And, you know, if I go back to some basics and say, look, for those of you, and, and I, po- I posted this image the other day again uh, of a quote I said many years ago now, uh, public health, basically it's a legal fiction. I said public health is, uh, you know, it's basically not real. It's, it, it, you know, it's just, it's your health or it's my health or it's nobody's. Uh, public health is a legal fiction. And the idea of public health that, you know, you could say has some goodness to it is, Hey, you know what? If everybody's drinking from the same water fountain or something, let's clean it up and make sure it's good for everybody. But it still only impacts one person at a time. Uh, so cleaning up water, right? No problem. Uh, having a, a sanitation system, you know, practicing hygiene even is good, but that's an individual thing ultimately as well. And and they've created this uh, legal fiction of public health that dominates the rights of the individual and the individual, like Zeb pointed out, thinks critically and makes assessments about risk management that are quite different from those bureaucrats, whether they be in our state, in our nation's capital, or at the WHO working on a globalist perspective of a one-size-fits-all scenario. To me, that's an abomination. One-size-fits-all. This is not how God throws it out there. We have individual relationships with, with the divine, and we are, in fact, part of that divinity. And for mm-hmm. anybody to supersede or impose their will on us, is a supreme violation on God's creation. So I think this is a spiritual crisis. I agree with Zev on that as well, and many have spoken out about that perspective, that it isn't even so much about medical science as it is the right to bodily autonomy, the gift of life and the temple that we live in, that it should not be assaulted. It should not be raped even medically or anyway uh, because of some proclamation of a greater good, which is a collectivist Marxist idea. Right. And, you know, one of the things we, we, we've sort of forgotten and we don't talk about enough now that the pandemic is behind us, but the residuals of it sort of remain. And we're starting to look at the abuse of government and the abuse of the healthcare community. By the way, the, the report you just referenced about the deaths right after uh, vaccination, one of my dearest friends in the world had her military 32-year-old daughter uh, have her heart stopped six times in 24 hours after the second Moderna shot. So, um, and barely, barely brought back to life. Well, so, and of course, just you a coincidence, hear the, right? The, yeah, exactly. You hear the, the ringing, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, how would you even think that that's related? I mean, it's just so absurd that you're like, how do people live with themselves? And they not well, look, look in the mirror and self-reflect when they say those things. The, the devil ignores correlation for his purpose. So, the, the same mainstream media that loves correlation when it suits them doesn't like it when it doesn't. Hmm. And, you know, the problem is that we have correlation. Uh, we can't show the causation, but we've got strong correlation. And oh, by the way, in the book, 
We will we show people what was presented to the FDA by the pharmaceutical companies prior to the launch of the vaccine that um, showed what the likely side effects were. And lo and behold, as I, I said in an interview I did earlier today, um, when you look at the list in the book, I personally know at least one person who suffered every, I know a person who suffered at least one of every single one of the listed side effects or injuries as we've come to call them. And so, I mean, they, they knew going in, this was going to happen. It was, there it is. And you'll, you'll see that report in the book. But the mm -hmm. point I wanted to make about, uh, you know, the, the attention that's coming now to what the medical community's done, what the government's done. You know, we just had a, a, the bill passed today that's going to fund the military and rescind the vaccine requirement, thank God. Um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. But what we need to spend a little bit more time going back and taking a look at is not what the government told us to do and not what the doctors told us to do. But we need to look at what we did ourselves. So I live here in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago, uh, which is about as woke and anti-American as it gets. And during the pandemic, we had people forming Facebook groups where they were posting pictures and reporting people that had other people in their backyards. So, and the, the mayor of Highland Park and other mayors in the North Shore uh, went public and said, we encourage you to report your neighbors if you see them holding gatherings, if you see them walking outside without a mask on in the park in the wrong direction. And there was a study that's been referred to, I've yet to find it, so it might not be true, but I believe it to be. Anecdotally, it's probably close. This During the time of... Uh, uh, Soviet occupation or communist occupation of, of East Germany, by the time it was said and done, north of 80% of all East Germans had at least at one time turned in their neighbor for something or someone they knew. Yeah. So we have to take a look at what we did as people, not just what was done to us, yes, but what, but we, what we were doing to others. Yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is that's the, you know, the hard truth of that. What did we do to facilitate this or to not put an end to it or attempt to, you know, it, the, you know, the great poem that has been read many different ways over the years, talking about what happened in the rise to, you know, Nazi Germany uh, about not speaking up when they right. came or, you know, was mm -hmm. the communist, the trade unions, whatever it was in that statement. And ultimately um, I, 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 they came for me and there was nobody left to speak up. That's right. How much are we not learning from history? You know, this is what I, you know, like and appreciate so much about Jonathan E. Mord and others because they're very grounded in history and understand how we got here. The mm -hmm. danger of not knowing is that we can be manipulated to believe all kinds of things that are not factual or true, in fact. And, and this is part of, you know, why was I able to see, you know, through the lies of, of COVID early on, because I had already experienced it, you know, and studied it in the nineties as I was becoming a homeopathic doctor to learn about the, the fraud that was HIV and the HIV test, much less than PCR and studying, uh, you know, the development of, of that and what it does, what it doesn't do. And when they announced that they were Id identifying the presence of this via PCR, it immediately, immediately became obvious that they were pulling a scam on all of us. And still are, in fact, with technology that folks have kind of deferred to experts, whether they be in government or medicine. And that's a dangerous place to be. These are false idols, even if those that, that mean well 
if they're being led by ego, uh, are, are going to be led astray. And if you follow them, you do so at your own peril. Or if you don't speak up against what they're doing, at least to let people know that you disagree. And I recognize that can come with great peril to your ability to work, as you point out. People, uh, you know, and then again, that great example of selling rust proofing under a car that's already been rust proofed. It's different than, you know, okay, you got to deal with a little bit of a deception there, but not you're going to die because of that. But that's right. What we've witnessed in the medical uh, edicts and and uh, top down uh, demands for censorship and or uh, prohibitions, much less mandates, that we are looking at uh, a killing field or killing fields on an order and a scale that supersedes war, war overt wars of military conflagrations and conflicts. We're talking about a war on humanity being conducted not by soldiers with firearms and bullets, but medical personnel with syringes and things in them that they're injecting into us, much less the prohibition of things like Dr. Zelenko was utilizing to save lives. So it, this is a very uncomfortable thing to recognize how we have all on, on some level or another participated in enabling it by not speaking up, not stopping it from happening, not being Rosa Parks and saying, I will not go to the back of the bus. That's the kind of thing we're asking for here. We need right. that courage. Right. So let's we'll kind of step up a little level and look at this philosophically. And what were we up against? So human beings by nature are sort of fearful creatures, right? And, and we're, our, our nature also is to look to authority and expect it to somehow or other protect it, protect us. We're also taught, and especially in this country, other Western countries, to, we can respect our leaders. You know, our leaders are freely elected. We can trust these people. So we're taught to trust and we need to trust because we're a little bit afraid. Let's stay with fear for a minute. Let's talk about the medical community. The thing that humans fear the most is losing their own lives, right? For most people, that's the ultimate thing they fear is the loss of their own life. For the typical person, what stands between them and death? Their doctor. So they know that if something goes wrong, they take a shower in the morning, they feel a lump under their arm. They know they have to go to their doctor and their doctor's the one that can save them. Now, what happens to a fearful human being if they all of a sudden decide I can't trust my doctor, mm -hmm. they can't process that. So simply, there were tens of millions of people in this country who refused to contemplate the possibility that they shouldn't trust their doctor because if they don't trust their doctor, what's left? Who's going to save the, them? Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, they're respecting authority and they're trusting authority. Well, well, we elected them freely. They're certainly they want to protect us. They're they have it's our best interests at heart. It's such that's a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brent, you're, you're right. And they went into cognitive dissonance rather than see the reality, rather than think critically. The things that Dr. Zelenko was encouraging, and I'm encouraging everybody. If you haven't considered this, one of the books you should get for the holidays to give as a gift, perhaps, is this one: Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent, available in hardcover as of last month. Um, by Dr. Zelenko, along with Brent Hamachek, our friend, our new friend here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, which I really I've never respect. had a friend before. That's kind no, of fun. well, okay, like it's a it. new thing for you. I, it's I, a new thing. I, I feel a, a a spirit of connectivity here with your yeah. passion and your mission and what you're doing and what you're communicating, and we need more of that. We need to come together. Now, are you doing any speaking engagements, any events out in the world that people can connect with you beyond the well, shows that you're doing? 
So, well, uh, first of all, what I'd like to do real quick is talk just a little bit specifically about the book and getting the book, if I could. Sure. So the book, the book for, for your audience to know, here's what to expect. The book is broken down into three parts. The first part is designed to have you get to know Zev as a person, what he experienced in his life, his philosophy and his battle with cancer to make sense of all that for you, because that's what you need to enter the second part of the book, which we call the COVID storm. And it takes you through the experience from the early part of 2020 when this disease was popping up overseas, all the way through his development of the treatment, his ridicule for the treatment, his coming to awareness of the fact that the vaccine wasn't what he hoped it would be. Uh, and, then, and then finally uh, spending his final days, months on this earth, um, aggressively advocating that people not take that vaccine. The third part of the book is what we call making the case. So Zeb believed very strongly in three things. Number one, this was a man-engineered virus. Number two, that it was always from the outset treatable. And number three, that you should not be vaccinated, especially children. So what we do in those last three chapters is we make the case. And so we do it with science and we lay out an argument, we lay out chronology, we lay out studies, and we explain things to people in layman's terms so that a a simple man like myself can even understand it, which was, by the way, a challenge in writing because I'm not a doctor. So I had to understand this stuff well enough to be able to write it and well enough to be able to write it in a way that people like me could mm -hmm. understand it. So that's sort of the ultimate challenge. But well, that's the book you'll get. Yeah. And uh, if you go and buy this book, uh, ZelenkoBook.com, uh, you will... Um, you know, it'll take you to Amazon right now. Eventually, it'll be a captured site where you can order direct. All of the proceeds from the sale of the book, all of them, will go to the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. Uh, Ann Vandersteel, Kevin Jenkins, there's their picture up on the screen. My dear mm -hmm. friends, uh, wonderful human beings. They're the co-chairman of the foundation. And, uh, you know, they're, that's where the money's going to go. The foundation owns the book. I've assigned the rights of it to them. And so they can carry on and do Zeb's work. And so we'd like you to buy a copy for yourself, buy a copy for your friends, and buy a copy for your local library. Uh, a great idea given to us by our publisher, uh, Stephanie mm -hmm. Perucci, Perucci Publishing, uh, because libraries won't get these books otherwise. So whatever town you live in, you know, we're hoping to sell one in every, at least one in every town in the country, right? Mm -hmm. And then every local library can get uh, get one book to your, to your library. That's wonderful. And yep. finally, as we wrap up here with you, uh, Brent, commongroundcampus.com. Yes. Uh, we need more of that. I, I like already what it seems to be. Tell us a little bit about that. Common Ground Campus is just, it's, it's a green space program. And it was designed uh, by my partner, Felissa Blazek, and myself. And uh, the idea was to, instead of going on a college campus and debating an issue, we all know that drill, right? Maybe they bring a couple of celebrities to campus. In my day, it was G. Gordon Liddy and Timothy Leary. Mm -hmm. And uh, so lots of laughs, lots of arguments, uh, good entertainment, doesn't solve a thing. And people leave the auditorium thinking the same way they, they thought when they walked in. Instead, what we're doing is we're going to a campus and we're saying, tell us what problem you have on campus. So at the University of Georgia, for example, we took on race. At the University of Houston, we took on student debt. At Medina High School in Ohio, we took on students' rights. 
And then we said, underneath those big topics, what are the problems at your school? And they tell us. So then we sit down with a couple of kids on one side and a couple of kids on the other, and we do not debate the issue. We have, uh, we'll have a student start by articulating a particular problem as they see it. And then the other side has to ask them questions and understand where they're coming from. And that process gets reversed and we go back and we go forth. And, and my challenge as the moderator is to pay attention to all this yes. and to see if in the course of that conversation, we can't come to some common ground mm -hmm. on issues that are dividing the campus. Oh, We've had you. three great events. Mm -hmm. We've just launched it this year. We've got a bunch lined up for the spring. I can't Brent, say you've got, you got videos of this stuff up on yeah. the site, I think. So people yep. can look at what you've done yep. and you know, the, the commongroundcampus.com. Yep. The way you're describing it is really the only way we can achieve the things that people perceive or say that they would like to have happen, right? This idea that, well, can we find a way to get along? And it starts not by telling people what you believe as much as listening. Like you said, what are your concerns? What are your, and ask questions about it. And I get chills when I talk about that, because in that way you find out the divide, the Hegelian dialectic that has been played on us by those that want to own and control us or enslave us is artificial. That our right. natural inclination is to find a way to get along because it's in our best interest to do so. And it doesn't mean we'll all agree at the end of the day, but boy, when you start understanding the journey that somebody's had to come to the conclusions they have, there's a humanity there that is lost in this dialectic where they're hundred percent wrong. You're hundred percent right rather than the humanity, the experience of humanity and how we each have our individual experiences and perceptions that become reality. But those realities shift when we engage in this way and we ask each other questions and listen, really listen. And it's a very hard thing to do because we are right. going to other than to follow orders, just obey your overlords. And of course we end up marching into a concentration camp or over a cliff. And, right. Uh, well, I love the, the reference to Hegel and since you made it, I mean, and it wasn't Hegel's term, but it was later attributed to his process. So if there's the antithesis and the, 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 the thesis and the antithesis, we're looking for the synthesis. And, you know, what what Felicity and I are really doing on some level is is we're farming. So mm -hmm. we're traveling around the country and we're we're planting seeds. Only we don't know what the seeds will grow into. Let me give your audience a great piece of encouragement. Sort of leave you with this thought on Common Ground Campus. At the high school, we were just at in Medina. The day before our event, so before our event hit campus, one of the participants in the event was so excited about what we were doing is he decided on his high school campus to start a group for constructive dialogue mm. and where they could sit down once a week as student group with student members showing up and talk about tough issues and try to find a way to let everybody have their voice be heard and find a way to reach agreement. This idea wasn't in, in his head until Common Ground Campus was coming to Medina. He started it on Monday morning, had 50 students sign up by second period. So look, we planted that seed. Could we have predicted that some high school junior in Ohio would do this? Of course not. Are we thrilled? Beyond belief. This is exactly what we wanted to do. And well, we uh, got to go out there and do it. And that's what you're doing, yeah. Brent. God bless yeah. you, sir. And thank you. Hopefully connect with you out at one of these events someday. Uh, I just absolutely love. Now, are you uh, based in Georgia? Or you happen to do the first one at the University of Georgia. Did the first one at the University of Georgia, then to Houston, uh, then to Ohio. We have multiple schools okay. lined up for the spring. And uh, we'll we'll keep you and your audience posted if you're interested and uh, would, would love to have you show up somewhere and 
and be our guest and watch the process live. People yeah, that see it live say, anyway. yeah, yeah, the okay. audience, they say, I've never seen anything like this. This has to happen yeah. on every campus in the country. That's the response we get. I'm just wondering why you're still stuck in the North Shore of Chicago with all those woke people, though. That's not a place where they often listen to you. Well, it's it's kind of like Game of Thrones, right? I've been assigned to the North Wall. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm looking out my window at the White Walkers as they come. Wow. All right. Well, Brent Hamachek, thank you for all that you're doing. And thanks for being on the show today and sharing the stories that you did and, and also cataloging some of the most extraordinary experiences that uh, Dr. Zelenko had gone through and, and share and shares with, share with the world now. I appreciate that so very much as well. Uh, it's a privilege to be here. I'm really, really grateful for the time and the opportunity. You've been a real gentleman. And I appreciate it. Well, Brent, again, sincere appreciation for all that you're doing. And this is the kind of thing that I see manifesting and happening because of what we've been through. And I thank you, Brent, for, for stepping up and doing these things. Uh, folks, some of this stuff doesn't happen without a lot of trauma to, to get us uncomfortable enough to start listening to one another, start communicating really from the heart, uh, as opposed to staying divided in fear and, uh, you know, extraordinary or extreme judgment. And, uh, I know that, uh, look, I, I, the desires are there. The question is, do you have the willingness to follow through on what you say you desire? You know, if you want a, you know, peaceful coexistence, uh, one that really appreciates and understands the human experience and, and, and takes great appreciation in our distinct distinctions and differences. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, our fundamental line is drawn Brent basically on the freedom principle. If somebody's using power and force and deception to violate our fundamental rights to freedom, to live extraordinary lives, that's something that we, we must also be willing to defend against or stand up and speak out against. And uh, again, Dr. Zelenko did that, and uh, you're doing it as well, Brent, so thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege. We're in the fight, aren't we? Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Brent Hamacek uh, here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check out the links to his websites uh, that we've referenced, including his own personal one, Brent Hamacek, H-A-M-A-C-H-E-K.com, if you want to learn more about Brent. And uh, we'll continue here as we're wrapping up uh, the, the show. For those of you on UK Health Radio, we, we do extra time or bonus time after every show. So if you want to join us at robertscottbell.com for the live broadcast or the podcast later, anywhere you are, we appreciate you being here and sharing the show, signing up for the newsletter, uh, which Superdon will get out after the show today and uh, all the upcoming events. And a quick shout out to our friends at Cardio Miracle. They are performing, I believe, miracles. Uh, it's like my resting heart rate. I didn't know this was 50 the last time I checked it when I was hanging out with my buddy out and uh, when I was at the L.A. trip this weekend. and. Uh, Dude, the blood pressure was amazing and all of those things. And yet, as you know, the oligarchy, the FDA doesn't want you to know these things, that they can help you in this way. So, you know, severely, severely curtailing the free flow of information. I don't think that's a high ideal, an American ideal, much less a godly ideal. Free flow of information, critical thinking skills, imagination, creativity, all these things are gifts from the creator. And I'd love to see everybody implement them to the fullest extent of their being. And if I can help you in any way, just let me know. Sign up for the newsletter, send us messages, leave us messages, whatever. And we'll be back in about 60 seconds for the bonus round because the power to heal is yours. All right, it's time for the bonus round. What does it entail? It often entails looking at your questions or comments coming through the chat room. Uh, shout out to mom in the audience there. 
talking about Leslie's dreamy husband. I noticed those comments making me smile. <laughs> Leslie. Leslie, by the way, is the star of the new podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, for lack of a better thing to call it at this moment. Stay at home, mom, uh, which is, if you haven't heard it, it it's like, I, I, I can retire now. I don't have to do anything. Leslie's there, Super Don. What have you done? What have you done? What have I done? You've brought out another star. Do I do I do I get to take the credit? You were a star maker, my friend. It's all it's all Leslie. Yeah. No. I just I just smooth the I just smooth the rough edges around it and and but it's all you bring out the stars of the diamonds or whatever. That's part of the process. It's cool, dude. I I love doing this stuff. This is the stuff I, I I love to do. And um on that note, yes. Tomorrow is Friday. It is. And tomorrow, in hour two, mm-hmm. we will have both at the same time. No, no, I don't know if we can handle it. Oh or boy, not, uh, Leslie mm-hmm. and Ula. Whoa, for hour two. Wow. Yeah, I better. I better. We're living dangerously. Yeah, I better work out. Be ready for that one. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, Ula is actually going to be coming out with uh, a podcast of her own too. Do um, it on our network here? Yes. Woo-hoo. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, so uh does Ula have a name for her podcast yet? Um, she does. I don't know if she wants to officially announce it. Yet. Oh, we'll let her do that if she wants to. We'll let her make that decision. I don't want to uh, presume uh too much in the situation. Yeah, of so I respect that. But in any case, um, yeah, some some cool things happening here. Yeah. And you know the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network works. Okay, for now. For now, yeah. I I'm just when when the time comes, and if the time comes, yeah, that we uh, make the big big move to the uh, the the website that I uh, alluded to, which I will not say the name of, mm-hmm. um, and we do make that move. That that is going to be a huge, um, a huge thing for the show. It's 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 probably going to be one of the bigger things that we've probably ever done. Um, well, and I'll just I'll just leave that cliffhanger there. Yeah, and and the only th- the only way we can even consider this and think about this is the fact that you guys and gals have been so generous in supporting us and sharing the show to this point. Honestly, uh, these are pi- we're, we're considered pipe dreams for years if you think about it. But we're on the yeah. verge of doing some really cool things, and it's thanks to you all. And uh, boy. Just the Polish power hour. Polish, no, power hour. <laughs> Polish percolator or something like that for, for Ula. If you don't know, Ula. It's, it's kind of a cool name, but no. That's it, yeah, Polish see, that's cute. Uh, but yes, we make fun. We do because we love. And I have Polish. And, and there's Lori. We don't want to forget about Ooh. Lori. She's got her podcast that she's working on. I don't know if Lori would be interested in, in joining the, uh, the, the club. Yeah um over at on our our uh, podcast but i definitely would would be ha- would be fine with it i know you would be too sure, no, but her podcast is called take back the power that is yours okay so i will have to talk to Lori and see if that's something she would like to do I like it it's just great i dude, I, i'm kind of blown away it's just like you know it's it's the thing is 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 and Lori says i would great mm-hmm. so uh we're going to become like a minority on our own uh, uh podcast Feet. I don't mind. It's going to be like, it's be like, here's all these great podcasts. Oh yeah. And then there's Robert you know, cause it's all about me. But, That's why I want the, the power. You know, there. the thing is with the technology, the way it is, yeah. it's like everybody 
you know, at one time doing this sort of stuff was, you know, it was, it was relegated to mm-hmm. people that had technical, yeah. you know, uh, knowledge and, and all the inside mm-hmm. baseball stuff and like that. But literally now it's like, if you've got a microphone and a story or, or a passion, uh, you literally can create your own pot. Anybody can do it now. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that it's an easy thing to do or that everybody's going to be successful or any of that sort of thing, because it takes a lot more than just having a microphone to have a successful podcast. But I mean, I'm kind of blown away. It's just like, boom, all of a sudden it's just like Leslie and Ula and now Lori. So Michael Bolden likes the Polish power hour. Yeah. He thinks that's great. Well, see now there's somebody who's got a successful podcast. Dude. Yeah, no, but he's brand. It's awesome. Uh, The, the, the level to which I would love to achieve is, is Michael Bolden inspired with the 10th amendment center. He's bringing it. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like a rank amateur in comparison. So the, the newsletter has gone out mm-hmm. Oh, it has. as okay. of just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So check your inbox and you can vote on the poll it's and there. you can see what else is going on it's there. The poll question of the day, what is your preference? Real Christmas tree or fake tree? Nothing beats the smell of fresh cut pine fake. It's more convenient, cleaner, not sure. No tree. Oh, so you gave it up for people that I did do the no tree for, for all of the bah humbugs. And I, I suppose the, the, well, uh, no, look, there are people, people who don't celebrate Christmas. We've talked about some of the controversy of how Christmas is celebrated in terms of, uh, ancestral pagan rituals and adopting and binding and combining or borrowing. And then is it really about what it is? And Hey, you know, the controversy, uh, when was Jesus actually born? Was it, the 20 are there people that, that, that i mean are you saying that there are people that like are of like like don't do a christmas tree because yes of it's if it's pagan yes. um absolutely yes. really absolutely yeah you're like, like it's, it's sinful to like put up a christmas well, tree whether you think it's sinful or not it, you know again that becomes a, a little bit of judgment but the you know the point is if you have a perception of what how to celebrate something like this or what it really means. You know, you go, all right, this doesn't fit. You know, just say that doesn't fit. Cause it's like, uh, it's- see, I mean, I mean, think about it for a minute. It's like when you put up the Christmas tree, it, what does it do? It It's most of the time mm-hmm. it's a group effort, right? Decorating the tree as a family. Yeah. Having a, you know, a tradition, everybody's, you know, having a good time togetherness and stuff like that. I can't imagine how a Christmas tree would be a negative. Hmm. I, you know, unless, unless yeah. as, as the poll question uh, is asking you hate one or the other. So you have to have, to have an opinion. Spiders and critters, right? People that get the live trees end up beetles everywhere and the beetles suck. Yeah. Or you could have like, uh, you know, this, this is also that time of year when there's certain movies that people like to watch, right? Everybody likes their, their holiday movies. Yeah, I, and, I saw uh, an ad for Violent Night, kind of a playoff of Silent Night. No, like, a, nice. a, I don't know if it's like a bad grandpa. Nothing movie. like a good Christmas slasher like, film. That's I, I great. think what started it, of course, was Die Hard, the ultimate Christmas movie. Which is a debate of its own. Yes, of course. Yeah. There are people that feel very strongly that it is a Christmas movie, and then others that say it definitely is not a Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean... Of- you know, Christmas, they talk about gifting and, and Hanukkah gifting, right? That kind of thing. I'm just looking at a gift yeah. that is uh, just popped up in the uh, chat room. Bolden says, we got to connect to do another audio test. Really want to start doing RSB show more regularly again. 
but should really see about fixing that audio issue I had last time. Yeah, that's the thing. If we can test it and do it, uh, Michael, we'd love, you know, you know how we are. We'd love to have you. We love having you on the show. We have a great time. And uh, if you're up for it, I'm up for it. So we got to figure that, that audio stuff that makes no sense. Uh, let's see, Leslie, we don't have a tree because we don't celebrate Christmas. So here you have someone uh, that, you know, focal, focal points on the Christ in Christmas, right? That concept right. that looks at right. Christmas as, well, that's not really, you know, if you go back far enough, you, you realize that the humans that wrote things missed or erased or changed. You know, I go back to the fifth century, uh, the council of Nicaea and I studied that. I'm like, Oh, you mean Christianity? One of the tenets of Christianity used to be reincarnation. People are like, what? You're crazy. That's not true. Well, go back in the history of it and you'll see that they voted it out because it was inconvenient. If you had more than one life to live, then, you know, why would you just look at everything as one thing? And I'm not here making judgments for anybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that whole history of where people perceive what Christmas is, what it isn't, what is Easter, what it isn't versus, you know, what it's commonly perceived to be. I, I, I respect immensely however you guys and gals want to celebrate it out there. Or if you don't, that's not, you know, for me to say, but I am fascinated because that's just my journey. I love learning about people's perspectives and why they have them. Kind of like what we talked about with our guest in our, in our two with Brent, you know, I learn. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Some people don't want to learn. It's like, Oh no, I don't want to know that. Cause it might change my view or mine. I hope that whatever we do here strengthens your faith and belief in a creator and your divinity. On top of all the other stuff we talk about, for me, I, I want you to be in, inspired and enlivened by the gift of life and connecting to that, which brings you the greatest joy and upliftment and healing. Like I, cheesecake. I, like if it's cheesecake, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So all this right. is something so, we can talk with Leslie about tomorrow and Ula yeah. because they're, gonna, they're both going to celebrate they're it differently. Both, that's true. That's it's true. Maybe we can have that, that conversation. I think it's an yeah. interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. And and I just I just want people to know, mom is in the the chat room there, yeah. um, pointing out the fact that you know Christmas is a Christmas holiday, and I'm and I'm not considering the Jewish faith who celebrate Jewish holidays. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. It's not intentional. You hate menorahs. Um, I am not Kanye. <laughs> 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 or Kanye, as you as you as you put it yesterday. Did I say it wrong? That sounds that sounds Asian. Did I say it wrong? You said Kanye. That's not his name. That's not his name. But it's um, is it E? I I just you know I don't have a reference point really other than I uh, yes I've heard of Hanukkah and yeah. or Chanukah or whatever mm-hmm. whichever why what's the difference? Why does what? one have a C and one doesn't? Well, how do you convert uh, Hebrew to English and make it work? Because we we don't have the sound. <laughs> In, in English, right? So you try to go, is it a H or is it a CH that makes the So that's why oh, it has, okay. it's in dispute. How do you I've, never, never, How do you I've always wondered that. So why you say is it Hanukkah. So? Okay. You got to get the Hanukkah. So, so would, it, would it be in the, in the uh, interest of inclusion, mm-hmm. uh, do you think that, that uh, one of these poll questions here leading between, between now and Christmas yeah. should be one um, that addresses strictly the Jewish uh, traditions of, of the holiday. Dude, I mean, we're I, used to being left out. I, uh, it's okay. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, no come on now. Now I'm, I'm going to have guilt. 
Yeah, um, see now you got that Jewish or Catholic guilt, neither of which you experienced growing up. What's a holiday question that I could have as a poll that would be that would apply to everybody? Well, is, we, is, we, it's a good question. And, no. and you know, I got it. I'm, I'm going to lose sleep tonight now over this. It's known as the Festival of Lights, but you you think, and it's more tied to a lunar calendar rather than a Gregorian calendar. But uh, the Festival of Lights. See, this is the thing about the light coming back. You know, why did they celebrate the birth of Christ when most would argue scholars that no, December 25th really wasn't the day he was born. Uh, but this is, I don't mean to get into the dogma and belief system, and this is not in any way, shape or form a judgment or an attack. But if you look at the history of celebrations throughout man's existence on the planet, the return of the light was, you know, around the winter solstice, you had hit the, the shortest day of the year. And then it kind of slowly brings the light back. It's the returning of the light as the northern hemisphere begins to tilt again back toward the sun. And so all of these rituals have, some would call that pagan, but whatever, uh, 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 you know, an origin point that precedes modern Christianity, other things like that. And so have been adopted by, you know, the, the, the major religions or many religions and, and made their own. Some would say, you know, bah humbug, this is, you know, again, denigrated by calling it pagan. Others recognize, hey, man, it's just a fun celebration, the spirit of Christ, that kind of thing. And so I don't begrudge anybody how they want to celebrate that. That's not our discussion point. That's not yours either, Super D. But no. uh, I'm always fascinated to learn. I why just like asking the questions. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's purely uh, innocent. There's no agenda. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So I'll, I will have to think a little bit more uh, in depth about mm -hmm. the poll questions. Coming You're going to have to expand your horizons. I guess. After all guess. these years of your tunnel vision. <laughs> uh, Mom says, Super D, you didn't have Jewish friends growing up, so you are excused. Well, thank you. Right. We, hey, and you know what to think? I mean, the thing is, if I did have Jewish friends, I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's just not something I've really... I'm not very well educated in. So, do you remember that PSA on prejudice all those years ago? I think there was an, I think it was an old man in a boat talking to a, a kid or a son or a grandson, um, you know, about friends, friends. Yeah, I have, I have a Jewish friend, and and so you say, well, you're prejudiced because you don't think of them as your friend. You think of them as your Jewish friend. I, oh, I just have, they, they did those kind of labels PSAs back in the day. Yeah. Right? yeah. So interesting. I don't remember that one. No. Oh, see, I'm sure you could pu pull that up on, you know, some video f uh, platform that we don't I'm like. I'm sure all those yeah. old, those old ones. Yeah. They are still around. Somehow. They're old because we're old. Oh, hush. Don't even talk. I about know. It. It's true. So, Look, I'm accepted I, at some point. You may not I'm, feel old, but I'm encouraging people. You do have a number to that live you younger usually avoid. Then their number. Live Dude, younger actually, your, number. your birthday this time, you're actually now, you're going to be like, what? Because you're 55 now. Thank you. So yeah, well, you're still, you're it still took you a while to admit you're, that. But you're still clinging to double nickels. That's a couple of years ago, I think. A year and a half ago. Oh, you're not? You're 56? I think that that's what the chronological age would indicate. Oh, so you're already starting to get into that over the hill thing there. What is that? What is that? What are you doing? It's like, well, Why I'm are just you doing saying. That? It's like, you're, you're, are you technically, so you'll be 57 in, in February? Yeah, don't call me sauce. Wow, man, that's you're like you're like 
dude, you're the grandpa. At, Don't at what start, at man. what point does it be stop being mid fifties and becomes late fifties? Do you know what that number is supposed to be? I think you may be hitting that pretty quick. Here. Your pie hole. <laughs> I want to talk about it. Anyway, okay. I, yeah, look, living younger than your number. How's that? I just dude, came you up could with run that. circles around I me. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm just playing. With dude, you. I know. I, I just want you know. I've come up with a slogan: living younger than your number. How's that? Is that a good one? Does that make sense? Anybody want to run with that? Just remember, I said it. I don't. I don't remember hearing that. So I just kept living younger than your number, and you know the things that I encourage y'all to do. Considering my journey is to to be able to access that you are capable of doing that if you value that. If you value that, you will find a way to do it. If you don't, then you're going to find excuses. That's just the nature of uh, you know our journey. Look at the baby Bolden, fifty one. Just a baby. Right. Half a century. Like that means something. <laughs> the only bummer I had is I don't think I was with you on your birthday, Michael. That would be fun to do. So, uh, but yeah, the, the idea of, uh, let's say being here for a while and we don't know for most of us how long that while is, but enjoying life to as much of the fullest we can recognizing there are ups, there are downs, there are times we're bummed out. There are times we experience great joy. But I'll tell you from living chronically ill in the first 24 years of my life to living the way I do now, by far, it's so much better. And it seems obvious to say that, but if you haven't had the experience I had, and mine is not certainly the worst on the planet, not even close, but it was my worst. It was enough to motivate me to say, you know what? That's not the way I want to be in this body. Is there another way? And if, if, if you haven't figured out, that's part of what this show is about ultimately to give you, uh, you know, or primarily I saw that, that thing I said yesterday, Bolden sometimes will grab a quote too. I love it when you do that, Michael, thank you. Uh, and post it out on Twitter. And I said something like the ultimate property is yourself or something. And somebody pointed out ultimate is like the last, I think of that as penultimate, but as opposed to the primary property is yourself, which I would have said, but I wasn't thinking I was just like threw it out there, rolled out. We use these terms uh, in the vernacular in a way that's not always perfectly accurate. And then there are sticklers in our audience that are definitely nailing me for going, don't say more happy. Yes. I hope he didn't have a heart attack. When you I know, speaking it. of that, we haven't heard from Bala in quite a while. Bala has been quiet. I think I wonder what's going on there to elicit a response from our buddy Bala. Uh, and we always love hearing from him. So Leslie says, I'm only a third of the way through life in scripture. It says we've been given 120 years. So I plan to live all of them to the fullest. And Leslie, you are, you are amazing. And uh, I'm certainly grateful to be on this journey with you and your wonderful family that you're in my life. I'm thrilled. And all of y'all, honestly, everyone I get to know, I'm like, man, my life's gotten better. How do you litmus life? Is it about the money in the bank account? If you have a bank account, or is it the people in your life that love you and that you love? Seems to be simple, but you know, I can really look around and say, my gosh, this is awesome pretty cool. Very cool. And I, you know, I think about people that are not necessarily in proximity, like super D you and I get to hang out, but we don't see each other in person all the time, very rarely. Uh, but yep. this technology has allowed us to do extraordinary things together. And occasionally, well, you know, you know what's cool though, if you think about it mm -hmm. for the first several years of, of our, whatever you want to call it relationship, yeah. I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. we, all we did was hear each other. Yeah, we didn't have a visual right? because it was radio and we'd connect and we'd talk and stuff like that. But we it wasn't until you you made a, a trip out yes. to Oregon 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to see each other for the first time after having been working with each other for a few years. Yeah. I knew but, they were yeah. Really at least now we get to see each other, right? Yes. That's, that's a, that's an improvement. That's, that is something different, but you're right. It was all voice at that, at that time. Yeah. Now a whole, see, see how long we've been doing this. <laughs> it's just amazing. Cool. Pretty cool. So right. I'm supposed to do a show at the top of the hour with someone. Okay. What does the calendar say? It says, uh, four o'clock my time, uh, the Patriot party podcast live stream. So if you guys want to continue on with this show, I'm going to take a break and then be back in about 42 minutes from now on a live stream for an hour with who's, who's hosting this thing. Mick Valin. Mick Valin. Yeah. Um, live stream. And I don't know, do you, it's, do you know how to uh, share the, the stream? I would have to look it up here. Oh, and I'm noticing this as well. This is very interesting. And this is a credit to Kevin. What a great guy. Kevin Tuttle is our buddy, our pal, Kevin, you know, talk about a man with a, a great heart. He despises. I, well, maybe it's a little strong. I don't know. Roundabout by yes. But right. We've had that ongoing gag about, you know, I had him listen to roundabout. He's like, this is hard. You know, he didn't like it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? But he is actually told the host of the show I'm going to be on that my favorite song is roundabout by yes. So he'll play it when I join him. Maybe how kind is that? How magnanimous is Kevin do that? And I would, I would say, you know, Ario Speedwagon for him. Cause at least I found something that he liked. I found it. I found it. It's on, uh, it's on rumble. Okay. Fact, I've got the, I've got the, here. I'll just drop this. We're link live on rumble now. Right. Aren't we? Ch- yeah. And they've actually got the live stream, uh, set up here. Okay. And they've even got a big old picture of you on there. Check this out. I'll show you. Hmm. Oh, so those of you who are yeah, wondering, look at that. Oh, look at that. The, the Patriot party podcast. Yep. Miracles with Robert Scott Bell. Oh, I like that title. There you go. So you're cool. scheduled here. It looks like the live stream begins at 5:45 Eastern time. The way I'm looking at that picture, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it looks like I'm. A, I got a priest collar on. <laughs> it kind of does in a way. There. Yes, oh, yes you are correct. That's funny. Father, Father Robert. So what does it say? I I start talking with them. Well, the live stream starts at 5:45 Eastern time. So that's uh, a little over half an hour so from now, but 15 minutes before I'm scheduled to to Correct. Nine. But it says uh, tune in tonight at 6 6 p.m. Eastern. So I think it starts at quarter till so okay. that people can kind of get in there and get settled and then the it actually so which, starts at six. Which glasses should I wear? Is everybody voting for these round ones? Go for the linen ones. You know, those are the ones I think uh everybody likes. I don't know. And why. I I would I would uh trying to get used agree. to them. I, I couldn't agree. compete with Jonathan Emore today, dude. He just what he that did was some funny stuff, stuff, wasn't it? Tamoli, does he bring some funny? You don't expect from him, right? Serious guy, intense guy, and he's like throwing on the. He just loves. Did you like the Matrix background? That was, I threw. That was awesome. Right. I don't know how you yeah. had that? That was terrific. I knew I could do that. I just hadn't done it yet, and mm-hmm. so I. It was perfect timing for that. I figured it out. So yeah. anyway, all right. All right so y'all. thanks for tuning in, you guys. Had a great time. Great show as usual. And thanks to Kevin for setting all these great uh, interviews up with Did you amazing drop the link people. For the show in there, in the chat. What's room? that? The, the link for the show I'm going to be on in the chat room. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm getting into. I'm multitasking. Yeah, you're right. right. So let me copy that. And then let me go to the chat room. 
Mm-hmm. And let's drop it in here. And then I'm going to go over to the other one and I'll drop it in that chat mm-hmm. there. Okay. Everybody's got it. Um, so tomorrow, hour one. Yes. Shemaine Nugent, Ted Nugent's oh, wife, wife will be on in the first hour. I have no awesome. idea what to expect, but if, if she's married to uncle Ted, then I'm, I'm super she's, excited. She's very holistically oriented. I think we're yeah. gonna have a great time. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward to that. And then an hour two, uh, Leslie Goodgesell and Ula yeah. Tinsley. Mm-hmm. The it's it's going to be a powerful woman a show tomorrow. Weekend. Yeah. Yes. By the way, Missouri Bill, we didn't cover this with legalized retail sale of raw milk. Happy Missouri Mike Mahari from Tenth Amendment Center wrote that. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscabell.com. And of course, Leslie, they have raw goat milk there already. They're not waiting for permission because they know better. So, uh, but that's good. I, I like to see that trend. That's a good trend. All right. right, So that we'll uh, sign off. See y'all for those tuning in tomorrow, less than 22 hours from now, God willing, or less than an hour from now on the show that I'm going to do the Patriot something party. The Patriot party podcast. Patriot party. So that's taken. Ula can't use that unless she adds Polish to it. The Polish Polish party podcast. podcast, Yeah. So just giving her heads up. The anyway, Polish thank you podcast. The Perot. I'm tuning in for that as well. So thank you to Brent. Uh, Hamachek and of course Jonathan Ebord and thank you to all y'all for sharing the show and supporting us the way you do appreciate it so so very much alright we'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs>